Howard Stern. Serious XM. Here's something tricky for you. A new game is coming to the Howard Stern Show. What's my freaky fetish? Do they get aroused by vomit? Or do they just talk to their mother? You'll never guess our mystery guest's favorite kink. Maybe they get whipped till they pass out. Or they like to come on feet. Featuring comedian Krista Stefano in his Stern Show debut. What's my freak? What's my freak? Uh, yeah. My freak today's Howard Stern Show. What's my freak? What's my freak? My freaky fetish. Meow. Freaky. Heyo, everybody. Heyo. Digging the new iPhone. There's a feature on there I really like, but I, you know, I want them to fix it so that it's consistently good. It's really very strange. The when your phone is in standby mode and you put it up on a stand horizontally, now a clock comes up. Your your iPhone has now turned into a very sleek uh, clock, and I love it. I'm, I want to take my clock off my nightstand and just use the iPhone. The problem is when the phone is in standby mode, the clock sometimes decides to come up and sometimes it does not. And I can't figure it out. Uh, there's something wrong. They don't. It's not consistent, so you can't rely on it. And then sometimes it turns itself off, and you got to walk in front of it to turn it on. But I don't always want to. I just want the phone to. Be in standby mode. It's working now. You can see it, Robin. Look how cute it is. I cannot that... see it. You have to hold it up. Oh, you see? I moved it, and Turn. now it doesn't work. Oh. It doesn't work. And you can't get it back? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's just that, you see? Now it's a clock. Ah, there it goes. Very yeah, nice digital I... clock. Yeah. But the problem is it's not consistent. And that's an Apple like. They should really fix that. Well, I wonder yeah. what their idea about it was. Their idea is that now you can use your phone for yet another thing. You can replace, you know, think of how many clocks they sell in America alone and worldwide. Imagine now your phone is going to replace the camera, it's going to replace the telephone, it's going to replace the clock. And you'd be surprised. It's terrific. It and it has all different kinds of displays. I can have different displays. Like, let me show you. I don't know how to do it. You see, like there's one. Uh -huh. There's another you can one. Choose uh, what it looks like. Yeah, look. Like I just turned it into an old-fashioned oh, clock. An analog clock. Yeah, I can make different faces for it. I happen to. I'm I'm uh, partial to this one, but I like uh -huh. that. John Hine is here um, with, hit him with some Hine. information, I suppose. John, am I right that. about the, Am I right about the phone? No, you could adjust that stuff. There's a setting to make it so it never turns off in the clock mode, and there's another setting where you can um, get rid of the wake up on motion thing. You can get rid of that too. Oh, well, would you explain to my IT, my crack IT team, to, uh, that that uh, happens? Sure, I'll talk to those guys. Yeah. 
Because I've been complaining that about like it. Like an IT team, uh, IT team that's cracked, not cracked. <laughs> <laughs> my my boys, I I sat them down. I said, I don't, I love this feature, but they were like, oh, I don't know, must be good. Mine does that too. So they gave up. So maybe you know something they don't. I'll send them a note. So when you put your clock on at night, you see the clock all night. In other words, it doesn't go yes. off. It doesn't. You, yes. Okay, that's what I want. Well, yeah, I'm glad you're saying this because I was wavering about what I would get the new iPhone for. Well, you could probably do it with your old iPhone. Um, it's the really? iOS that's new. Yeah, but uh, you got to get the stand. Ah. You got to buy the stand, and I charge my AirPods right on there. See? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I'm still on the fence then. <laughs> seriously though my it team is good they're good boys but uh john seems to know something and maybe he could uh turn them on to it you know all of this uh, all of this technology is so new everybody knows something different so i i like well, the new think iphone that the it guys would have gotten themselves up to date with the new system the ios you know update yeah well I don't know. I don't know what they're, you know, a lot of IT guys don't even give a shit about stuff like that. Yeah. The more they just the, want uh, it to work. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I get into, whenever I get, uh, whenever I get into something, uh, new, that means the boys have to learn it. So <laughs> yeah, they use the uh, iPhone 15 pro to shoot the new Olivia Rodrigo music video. I don't know if you knew that, but they actually shot the whole video on a, on an iPhone 15. That's pretty amazing. And I got to say, the camera's great. I'll, I'll give them a free plug. Not that they need it. I mean, Apple is uh, on fire these days. Uh, they say, I think 50% of the market now is iPhones. In other words, it used to be more uh, Android, but the iPhone is... See, I like when other people have an iPhone. Yeah, because but I them... hear other things like they're slow. You know, the production is slowed down. China mm. is not letting its... Uh, Government workers bring an iPhone into the building, all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know how fucking China got so fucking powerful. They, those, they, they evidently they control all the chips and everything. They, you know, well, it's bad they news, don't, but. but you know, they have their own kind of thing and they, they still steal intellectual property. They will, you know, they have these spies who grab secrets from, innovators here and try to get them for themselves they don't cooperate and say hey why don't we make a deal with you to share your technology they like to steal it doesn't the world seem more fucked up to you now i know we're older now and we've lived through a lot of shit but doesn't the world seem way more dangerous and way more fucked up than it ever has or do you think it's just a result of us being old i think it's just like it's always been you do you know i was yeah thinking about it you know a few years ago we had the iraq war the afghanistan war and i guess we felt a little more comfortable about those because we were <laughs> we were having the wars but uh you know when they just pop up and it's some of these mm. you know um iran subsidiaries it's it's like now we you know we used to have these fake wars russia was represented by somebody and somebody else represented us and now it's iran has all these the hezbollah and hamas and that they 
give money to and train to uh, create these skirmishes and then maybe expand the war. I'll tell you why the war, the world seems way more dangerous to me now. And it's, uh, I never thought I'd see the day, not in my lifetime, where like even, even a guy, you know, Trump's up on, I forget how many indictments and, you know, and, and, and there's four trials going on. And, you know, clearly there's like a lot of wrongdoing. And he's the leading candidate far and away in the Republican Party. And I said, well, how does that make the world more dangerous? It's like, wow, it's gotten so fucking nutty that 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 people, they, they, there's no line drawn in the sand for anybody in terms of who they vote for. And then the other weird thing is that there are a lot of people in our country who don't support Ukraine against Russia. I don't even understand it. Here's what happened to Ukraine. This this mobster, this 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 anti-human is uh, running things in Russia. He became all powerful and he decided to just these people were just living their lives. They weren't fucking with anybody. They're growing wheat. They're they're happy. They got beautiful apartments. I saw it was beautiful. Ukraine. They were building a world where they could be free. And this motherfucker, what he did to them. And God bless the Ukrainian people. If you're an American and you don't back, Ukrainians want to just be free and be left alone. And you somehow don't get that. And you live in America and you don't support them. They didn't do anything wrong. And you know what? Now it's payback time. Keep sending over your troops, motherfucker. We'll keep killing them. And they're killing them, and they're doing a beautiful job of it. And God bless the people of Ukraine for fighting back. They ain't sitting there like during World War II, taking it up the ass. They're not sitting and saying they didn't throw their hands up in the air. And they're brave. I'm not that brave. I'd, I'd be a conquered people what did in you, two minutes. What, uh, you would? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> what am I going to do? But I'm saying these guys, these are people I admire. God bless the people of Ukraine. And God bless the people of Israel. They just imagine someone came into your house and decided today to kill your mother, to kill your father, to kill your babies and rape your fucking daughters. You think you'd go get payback? Fuck yeah. Absolutely. I mean, what are you kidding me? People saying, oh, just behave and sit there and take it up the ass. It's crazy. Now, I don't I don't want to get into it too deep because people know my views. I've been very vocal on the air. And this show ain't the view. I don't give two fucks about anybody else's opinion about this stuff. Honestly, at the end of the day, I go home and still believe what I believe. I believe I know what's right and I know what's wrong. And I know better than anyone else for me. So. You know, we did a beautiful thing. And people say sometimes Afghanistan was a big mistake. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. You could talk about it amongst yourselves all you want. But after 9-11 and those fuckheads, it's the same fuckheads who are now fucking around in Israel and everything else. But when after that, after that 9-11, our country was pissed. 
And what do we do? We wanted the head of Osama bin Laden, that fucking cunt. That miserable fuck. We wanted his head. So how'd they get this guy? All those bastards over there, they were protecting him. They were hiding him. Well, let me tell you something. Those uh, warlords and mullahs or whatever they got over there, we made them so miserable. They had a good thing. The Taliban had a good thing in Afghanistan. They were running that place. They had it locked down. All the women had to fuck them. They um, they could rape the women. They don't even have to send them to school. They don't have to let them drive. It was their paradise. They ran everything. The uh, the Taliban they had the heroin trade. They had it was beautiful. This shithead Osama bin Laden blew up the World Trade Center. Well, they would. That brought a holy hell on their lives. They, we fucked with that Taliban so bad. Imagine being a warlord, getting ass fucked every day by the United States military. Holy shit. Now, all those fuckers finally said, you know, this Osama bin Laden, we got to give this asshole up. We, we got to, we got to tip the Americans off where he is because we, our situation is so fucked up now. We can't women shit are going straight. to school. Yeah, women, are, the <laughs> same women we were raping a couple of years ago and enjoying uh, um, uh, sex with them. Well, now the Americans are are teaching them to drive. <laughs> they fucked our whole scene up. Well, we fucked in Afghanistan. I know a couple of guys, a sergeant major, one guy I know. He told me how bad we fucked with these Taliban assholes. Now, if you think that was a waste of time, it was not because that, that Osama bin Laden, when he took the bullet to the head, he got his pay. He was hiding in a corner. We got the fuck. But how do you get the fuck? You only get them when you make all the fucking sh- shitheads over in Afghanistan miserable. Now they're, that, it's fine. We got them. Now they're back to, you know, doing all the same horrible shit they do. We got Osama bin Laden. And I don't know one American who wasn't sitting and cheering the day that bullet went in Osama bin Laden's head. It was wonderful. It was wonderful and cathartic. And God bless the United States military. And by the way, the United States military, once they got, once we got blown up on 9 11, because we let our guard down, nobody in the world could have said to us, don't get payback. We don't give two fucks where the United States of America nobody will go. Nobody ask them what they No, want. nobody asked permission. <laughs> but when it comes to the Jews, they always go, well, you better behave. You better behave. Don't, uh, you know. Now, this, I looked at a map. This Israel is the size of a fleet. Uh, Israel is surrounded by 19, I think, Arab countries. I think, but look at your skin. If you saw a freckle on your skin, that's how it's the size of Israel. You got this whole big body, and it's, it's this freckle. But, uh, you know, people are pissed about the freckle. The Jews don't know where to go. World War II, they gassed six million Jews. They don't know where to go. Where are they going to go? You always say to yourself, why do Jews care so much about Israel? Why do they care so much about Israel? I'll tell you why. They know it's their only safety net. The world every once in a while goes bonkers and gets frustrated. And there's nowhere to go uh, when you're getting gas. Not for Jews. Not for Jews. There's nowhere no, to go. No, there's they nowhere to go. They turned away and turned away. Yeah, and that's turned it. Away. There was nowhere to go. So every Jew knows, and that was not a Jew knows uh, joke, but every <laughs> Jew knows that when the shit hits the fan, 
There's only one place they can go. This little patch of desert. Nobody wants to live there. Believe me, it's tough living there. There's no water. You got all of the Middle East. It's huge. Saudi Arabia is huge. Egypt is huge. I mean, Iran, Iraq, huge. But there's this little place where there's some sand. There's no water. There's no oil. There's nothing. That's the haven where you get to go when the shit hits the fan. So there you go. And then you say, well, we, the other and the other Arab countries won't take in the, the, the people of Gaza. They won't take. They, no, 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 no. We're not taking them either. It's a big fucking mess. And, you know, if you if you're Jewish, first of all, how do you become Jewish? You don't even know. You get two. In my case, two Jews fucked and uh, they had sex and I popped out. You didn't Next ask thing for I know, this. I didn't <laughs> ask for this. I don't even know what that. And I heard you're supposed to be rich when you're and you're supposed to be part of a secret society where you control the world. You're, I lived in you're the, running everything. I lived in the biggest shithole there is on the planet. <laughs> It's called Roosevelt, Long Island. Go visit. See how well you do there. I didn't get any part of any secret society. I didn't get to control anything. It was a fucking nightmare. It was a mess. And I'm like, well, how did I get in this mess? You were born. These two. I don't even know these two. They fucked and I showed up. And now I'm they here. They hardly and, spoke to you, those two. Yeah. And evidently, I did something wrong. But the whole world <laughs> thinks I did something wrong. But I know there's a place in the desert somewhere that I can go to if uh, the shit hits the fan. That's it in a nutshell. I love these people. Well, you know, so what? So they so they raped your women and uh, shot your babies and chopped their heads off. Well, it's don't not do happening to them. As long as it's yeah. not happening to them or their kids. Yeah. That's all they care about. And anyone who, everyone should just shut their fucking mouth. I know I have. Because, you know, I, I hear from too many people who live in this country telling everyone what they should be doing in the Middle East. You don't live in the Middle East. Just shut up and let them, let, let them settle it. But don't tell them not to do it and don't tell them to do it and just sit there quiet. If you examine aye, those aye, people's aye. lives, they're not even running their life very well and they want to tell other people how to live. But don't be shocked if you go in and blow up everybody and rape your, uh, your, the wives and you kill the babies. Don't be shocked if somebody wants to go fuck you in the ass. We're America. We know all about fucking people in the ass and God bless America. Well, I uh, that Taliban, that <laughs> Taliban, the reason, listen, you don't, the Taliban was probably said, wait a second. We didn't blow up, uh, the World Trade Center. We're like, we know that. But what we're going to do is fuck with you so bad that you're going to tell us where this Osama bin Laden is and everyone else who planned this. And they did. They gave him up. Don't think for That's a minute they didn't. That's what you have to do to bullies. Yeah. You have to say, well, you if you won't em. give up the people I want, then I'm going to have to take it out on you. That's the way of the world. Same it's with Vladimir. the way of the world. And as long as we keep hating each other, it's going to be like this. That's right. And uh, listen. I don't By care the way, who you think is right. Do me a favor. Yeah, right. I don't care who's right. Just to, you, anybody listening to this broadcast, if someone came in and chopped off your mother's head and your father's head 
and then fucked your baby. That's what they're doing over there. That was the big that was the big push. And you think you wouldn't do something. Well, then you're a pussy. That's it. And stop telling people they can't fight back. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. It boils down to that. It says, forget politics. Forget about, forget all your bullshit. Knock it off. You know, that's how you win. That's how you win a war. You go balls out. That's it. And guess what? Hospitals are going to be hit. Everything's Kids are going to be killed. Don't yep. act like that's not supposed to happen either when you drop in bombs. Go- it's going to be it's going to be miserable. And that's what we did in Afghanistan. And it worked. Oh, did we make them miserable? Oh, that Taliban will not. Ne- you notice there hasn't been and I don't want to jinx it. Knock on wood, but <laughs> there hasn't been another terrorist attack in this country. You know why? Those fucking Taliban is sitting there going, what a fucking stupid thing Osama, our buddy Osama did. He blew up the World Trade Center, and now we're fucked. Our women are driving, and they're getting an education. We can't even kill the women when they when they show their hair yeah, and their ankles. Yeah, we can't have a, you know, a weekly stoning. Yeah, we used to have a great life. We could uh, take out a woman. If your woman cheated on you, you could take her out in the middle of a village and hit her with rocks until she dropped dead. I mean, we had this place locked down. We had heroin. We had everything. And uh, if you, you know, all of a sudden you see in drips and drabs, oh, they released two hostages. Let me tell you, those those fucking guys in Egypt and Qatar tomorrow, if if the, if the Israelis make their lives miserable enough, they'll release every hostage. It's all a misery index. There ain't no negotiating with these people. It's war. It's the same bullshit over and over again. This is what happens. I mean, uh, it's nuts. It's just nuts. And let me tell you, what's going on in Ukraine, if you're not for the Ukrainian people, get ready then. Then you're going to have to fight them somewhere else. You, yeah, you, your sons, your daughters, because uh, these Ukrainians are brave. They're willing to take this guy on right now at the start. Uh, if they don't approve all kind of money for these guys, you finally got people who are willing to fight. Give them the money, give them the weapons, and let them go to town. That's all. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. And by the way, possible. do me a favor. Don't write me letters about your views and everything. I don't give a shit. My views are so locked and sealed. It doesn't. It, nothing can change my view. It's the way like I see yours. the world. You can't change yeah. yours either. Yeah, you do whatever you want. Roger Waters, go to the Roger Waters concert. Do whatever the fuck you got to do to make yourself happy. Go to Harvard and protest and do whatever the fuck you have to do. You're not going to change my view. Go try to live deal. with these people you support. How about that? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Go over there. See how it goes for you. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. I, you know what? You'd be a hostage uh, right now. By the way, I know I'm wrong. You win. You win the argument. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm stupid. That's it. Hey, there's Bo. Bo in North Carolina. What's up, pal? Hey, good morning, long-time listener, first-time caller. I want to just tell you, um, I agree 120%. I was cooking dinner with my 9-year-old. She helps me cook, and the other day I read the news. I follow everything that goes on and just to sit in my uh, kitchen and think somebody could kick down my door and attack my family. It just 
I think about that. I, I agree with you. It's, it's sure terrible. You of course you agree, because it's a very basic thing. Uh, but you know what, Bo, I appreciate you agreeing with me, but there's plenty of people who disagree with me, and I think they're nuts. I think we but got a bunch what, of nuts. what they're arguing about happened 100 years ago. That's right. I believe we got so many nuts in this fucking country. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they believe in anymore. I'm for the Constitution. hundred years ago does not matter. What matters is today. People live here. Imagine you're a United States congressman. You're going to vote to say the election was rigged. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? When the, when 60 court cases prove there's no fucking... I mean, what country are we in? What, what kind of nuttiness is going on? They don't, I don't care wanna... about the truth, Howard. I don't know what's wrong with that. I don't know. Don't I don't care know what's going about on. about the truth. And everything is fake news. The New York Times is bullshit, they say. Everything is bullshit. Everything, the, the, everyone's lying to them. But I don't know what's going on. It seems confusing to me. But you know what? Please, I'm begging everyone in my audience. I love you. I'll make you laugh every morning. But don't write me with your views. I don't care about your views. I know what I know, and I know I'm right. I know it. I've been given a brain that probably is pretty good at analyzing this shit, and I know I'm right. Nothing you could say would ever convince me I'm wrong. That's Yesterday, it. they had nominated a guy for Speaker of the House, and yeah, then saw Trump that. said no. Yeah. And yeah. they, and he they all had to down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. I'm like, wow. I mean, yeah. he doesn't want the country to work either. I don't know why you're so excited about him, because yeah. he's keeping us in a deadlock. Anyway, Bo, uh, thank you. And Bo's right. Well, Anyone steps in your house, wants to fuck with your family. That's why the law says you can take out your Glock and fucking shoot the prick in the head. That's it. Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. And I did send y'all some of my award-winning barbecue sauce. Take care. Peace and love. Ah, all right, all right. Bo. Barbecue sauce. I'm off barbecue sauce. I'm off everything. I'm, I'm in here, for, you know, trying to stay healthy. Forget it. In here, you're staying to. inside, and you're trying to stay. You're not healthy. kidding. And, and for what? For what are you trying to stay? World needs me. I order in. Um, <laughs> I ordered in from a restaurant. I'm like, ah, it's a lot of salt. Like that was my big party last night. A lot of salt when and when these yeah. restaurants cook. You know, because I don't eat salt. I don't eat anything. Jesus Christ, my wife's scarfing down a nice cookie for dessert. I'm sitting there eating grapes, <laughs> like I'm having some kind of fun. But meanwhile, I'm sitting and reading. I have blueberries every morning. And my father had blueberries yeah. every morning. And I got to tell you, I read an article, I think, on Apple News. I'm actually thinking of subscribing to Apple News. They got me because they gave me three free months trial. And I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I I'm love Apple got, News. Yeah. Yeah. You pay for it, right? You pay for yeah. Apple News. Yeah. They got me. Yeah. I was like, I'm not fucking giving Apple another dime. I pay out a lot of money to Apple because I got all Apple products. And I said, I'm not fucking paying them for this Apple news. You should see what they rake in and what they call services. Man, because I got me. They got me. Apple they got TV, me. All those monthly payments. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, I bought their stock. But I wish I bought it when it was, you know, was nothing. Yeah, when, when Steve Jobs, yeah. Oh man! <laughs> now to buy in, you got to mortgage your house. But uh, loving those new AirPods. Oh my God! I'm with those AirPods. Oh, 
I carry him around. Makes me so fucking happy, that iPhone. I take him pictures. Don't ask what I'm up to. Pictures, AirPods, fucking <laughs> clock. Don't ask. It makes me happy. Well, yeah, my phone is a companion. Uh, anything yep. I want to look up, boom, yep. on the phone. My phone. Figure it out. My right phone away. is with me, but I refuse to get the watch. But I know I'll break down on that too. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't I, done I, the watch yet. And I know I'm not buying those goggles. Fuck that. But uh, I want I mean, those goggles. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I might have to jerk off in 3D or whatever it provides you with. <laughs> See? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hi, uh, here's Denise. What's up, Denise? Hey, Howard. First time, long time. I just wanted to say first good morning to all of you. Uh, mm -hmm. No one has to call in to have you listen to our views, man. You're speaking our views for us. Thank you. Just want to say thank you. All right, Denise. Thank you. And by the way, uh, you, Denise happens to agree with my views, but I know there are many of you who don't. And um, I don't give a shit. I don't care if you agree. I don't care if you disagree. But maybe on some human level, you understand that if someone walks into your house and fucking rapes your grandmother, you might want to fight back. Um, hey, Robert, what's up in Texas, pal? Hey, Howard, I just wanted to say I love you and the cast. I listen to you guys every morning because you help me get through my day. You set the pace and tone of my day. Nice. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard right now. I don't listen to network news on my way to work because I deal me with neither. the rest of my work day. Neither you do tell I, me something yeah. positive, something light, something fun to get me going? I will do it. Listen, all week I've been doing light and fun. And I'm going to do light and fun. In fact, for October, in just a, a, just a little bit of time, we're going to start in with what's my freaky fetish. You will fucking forget everything I just said. You will be uh, laughing your ass off. Uh, Robin's going to be playing. Ronnie's going to be playing. <laughs> also, I got a phony phone call for you. I got, uh, I got a lot of funny shit. So let, how's this? <laughs> I'm with Robert. I can't even watch the news anymore. I used to watch Morning Joe every morning. I, I can't watch with what's going down in the world. I've given up. I get too angry. I was up at 3 o'clock in this morning all angry. Whatever I just said, that's it. That's my opinion. Now you got it. I mean, oh, I just threw up. That's it. Now we're moving on to funny and having a, a light conversation. Here, I'll talk about uh, uh, Kurt Cobain's daughter got married. Oh, she did. Thanks, Howard. Oh, love you guys. I love you. In fact, I'll talk about Mad Dog. Mad Dog lost his mind. What? What do you mean? You know, sometimes you, I, I know I'm a radio guy, and so is Mad Dog. And I know when you're on the air, sometimes you want to please people and make things fun and interesting. But he fucking went over the line because he was trying to make things fun and interesting. So huh. here's the thing. Arizona Diamondbacks. Again, I don't know anything about baseball. Philadelphia and the Diamondbacks. Are in some sort of playoff situation, or yeah, I, I don't even know. know. I heard something about somebody getting into the World Series. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was going on. I'll tell you how lame I am. I don't even know Arizona has a baseball team. Okay, I, this is the first <laughs> I'm hearing of it, and I'm not making a joke. I don't put any. Uh, when I look at the time you waste, either playing golf or watching sports, I think God, you could be studying guitar. You could learn to be a great painter. I'm I'm a pretty decent watercolorist. Um. I'm telling you, I only have about an hour or two uh, on the weekends to paint. 
that's because I ain't watching sports. If I was watching sports, I wouldn't know how to paint. And I find, you know, I or I could have studied guitar and been in a band. So if you give up sports like I do, I mean, I don't I don't waste time with it. You never gave up sports. You never were into sports. Used to watch basketball all the time when I was a kid. I'd watch the Knicks. Yeah, I gave it. It's fuck it. It's it's a waste of time. It's the same thing every week. One guy wins. The other guy loses. I mean, you could sit there. It's hours of your life. Constantly. Yeah, but I might have to go back to watching basketball now that that uh, I don't even know how to say his name. Wimby, that uh, kid that just got drafted. Yeah, I don't wow. even know that. I don't he's even know. He's seven that. foot something, and he's yeah. amazing. He plays. He he's not just a guy who you get the ball to. Who's he play for? In the basket, the Spurs, the San Antonio right. Spurs. And well, again, he's, he's going to be basketball. I don't even know. I don't even know. You understand? I've never seen anything like it. You've never seen anybody play basketball like this in your life. That's how amazing he is. You know who's playing basketball? Who? Me. I set up a little hoop outside my house. Yeah. Every night before dinner. I say to Beth, I'm going to, 10 minutes, I'm going to go shoot around. Now, I'm the, you know me, I'm the worst basketball player ever, but, (laughs) um, I go out there, I take a couple of layups. Then I take a one or two hook shots. Then I shoot from the top of the key five shots. I go to the right side, to the left side, and then I randomly go for five more shots. So I take about 25 shots before dinner. Now, how many go in? Very few. I'll tell, I'll be honest. <laughs> Some nights I'm, I'm on fire. I'm talking yeah. about swish, swish, swish. I'm getting them in like crazy. And then there's like a sea of days go by where it's like everything's bouncing out. And but I'm doing it just to do something physical before dinner. You know what I mean? To just move around sure, a little bit. Sure. Get some blood moving. Yeah. My buddy Pat said, I think this would be good for you. Now Are you he's enjoying giving me, it. I'm enjoying it to a degree, but um I'd like to be better at it. I've never had any guidance. I didn't have a coach or a father. You know, I know there's skills that you can develop by learning from someone, but I'm not hiring a basketball tutor at this point in my life. So uh what I'm going to do is uh take shots. Now, my buddy Pat said to me, now what I want you to do is to jump when you take a shot. Oh, like, no. do, like, to, I started doing that. My feet hurt. So I, I, I think I'm going to knock say, that Don't up. make him jump, Pat, please. <laughs> anyway, so Mad Dog Russo lost his mind. And I understand why. He's trying. Listen, the guy's trying to be interesting. He wants to be funny. He's a radio man. So he gets on the air and he says, you know, I guess the, the Diamondbacks were playing like shit. Philadelphia was having their way. And he says, you know, basically, I'll tell you how bad the Diamondbacks are. If the Diamondbacks win, I'll retire. You know, and oh, I mean, something God. like that. Yeah, yeah. Listen to that. I would not be stunned if they won tonight. I would be floored. Floored. And I'll say this right now. Just uh, I'll say this right now. And Bob Raceman, write it down. If they win the next two days. They win the next two games and win this series in seven games. If they win, I will I will retire on the spot. Maybe you can convince me one. If they win two in a row, you know what? I'll make it different. I'll make it different because I'll make it be painful for me. If they win the next two days, two weeks from today, I will work on the air 
and not go to Timmy's first game as an assistant coach. That will be painful. And you can chronicle it because if I'm not on the air, well, then I lied. And if I'm on the air, hey, you know what? He, he paid his bet. Paid his debt. If they win two against the Phillies. So they're mad. Everyone was... Uh, what? The next clip, J.D., you pulled these clips. Mad dog. <laughs> yeah, all the media heard was, I'm retiring if they win. Uh, yeah. So they picked up on that. So he had to clarify. He clarified it on his baseball show, High Heat, that right, uh, this is radio. Now, that is accurate, but uh, that's radio. That's not TV. Oh. That is radio. Oh. I said so that I'm on not the radio take over? show. No, well, you might, who knows, but th that is radio that I said that. So if the Phillies, I mean, I'm amazed this has got this much publicity. Who cares what I do? But the bottom Anybody line is, says uh, that I they're going to retire on the spot uh, after your type of career, and now people are going to hold you to it. So if the Phillies lose tonight, bye-bye, SiriusXM. How about that? I've informed my bosses, and the contract's up anyway. What difference does it make? So see you later. <laughs> and that gives the Diamondbacks more. All the Diamondbacks who can't stand me, now you got a Dexter incentive to get me off for the rest of your life. Well, anyway, take it away, Alana. Diamondbacks go ahead and win the whole thing. And then, uh, yeah. of course, uh, the Diamondbacks yeah. manager came on and said he hopes to see Mad Dog retire. He's all fired up. <laughs> Well, he did say it, uh, and he says that thing about his not going to his son's game, I think. Yeah. Uh, like, trying to take the retirement off the board. Yes. But Listen to the manager. I don't think anybody cared. Listen to the manager. That type of stuff is kind of entertaining to me, because I know that Mad Dog has a show, and he's got to do his thing. Um, but I would love to see him quit if we won today. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But there's nothing, there's nothing better than a wise guy New Yorker saying something and then having to chomp on those words. So that's how I'm processing it, and it'll be great. He's a friend of mine. I love Mad Dog, um, and I know that he's going to end up hearing this, and I didn't want to really get into this. but The Diamondbacks players were chanting Mad Dog after beating the Phillies. It was unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, here he is. Mad Dog. What the fuck did you yeah. do? You know, listen. Well, I, I feel I your pain. You. You're on the... I uh, feel your pain. Yep. Yep. You're on I the air every day. Right, right, right. And, and I, must, I must have you... I must have you get me out of this pickle. What do I do, <laughs> Mr. Stern? Here's what you're going to do. First of all, you understand what Mad Dog does for a living. He thought it would be great. You know, first of all, the Diamondbacks should have lost based on what I'm hearing from Mad Dog. All right. So they pulled off a miracle. But that's in why order you to play the game on paper. Everything looks like uh, a sure thing. First of all, Chris, thank God you didn't say you'd blow the ma the uh, manager of the Diamondbacks. <laughs> that would be a little rough. Yeah. That'd be rough. You'd be on your knees. Yeah. You'd be, they'd be flying you out there right now to Arizona. You'd be blowing this guy. <laughs> So you don't want to retire. Is that what you're well, saying? Here's, well, here's the deal. The, 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 my son got his assistant coach's job at Northern uh -huh. Arizona University, which is in Flagstaff. Division one, college basketball, 24 years of age. A miracle wow. that he got the wow. job. Miracle. Miracle. Wait a they second. Let me stop you right there. You're telling me your son is coaching Division one basketball? Yeah, I am telling you correctly. Yep. That's unfucking believable. Third assistant. Third assistant. So, 
Here is the problem. He's got his the Northern Arizona season opener is November 6th at UConn. UConn. Yes. Yeah. UConn won the championship last year, and Tim was the glad, glad assistant. So Northern Arizona is flying to UConn to play this game November 6th. Obviously, what a thrill. My wife and I go to his first ever game, and he's on the bench. Coaching, no, he's the third assistant. He's not Mike Krzyzewski. He's the third assistant, but he's going to be on a bench at Gamble with UConn and National Champs. Now, how the hell can I miss that game? I can't miss it. <laughs> so what I did was I retired, and I said, hold on now. Anybody would like to retire, so let's make it painful. But then I thought about it and said, his basketball is more important than anything. I can't do that. So let's go back to the retirement thing. So that I went retirement. Tim retirement. But now I am in an incredible pickle. And I need Mr. Stern, who has helped me with negotiations with ESPN. We all know that. I need Mr. Stern to go out there and figure this out so I can maybe not the next day or two, I can make amends. And that's what I, and that's what I need Howard and Robin to figure out for me right now. The floor is yours. Well, first of all, any rational person would say, why is this my problem? But all right, I'm not rational. <laughs> I but have the solution. I have a solution, yes. too, but you want to go okay. first? All right. What do sports people do all the time? They retire and then take it back. Tom like Tom Brady. Brady. Right. All of them. Michael Jordan went to play baseball. They came. They all come back. Robin's right. Here's what you're going to do, Mad Dog, because this you will never live this down. If you do not retire after you said you were going to retire, everyone's going to call you a liar. And they're going to say, you know what? You're a liar. You're a cheat. You're a scumbag. Uh, people are going to give you shit. You're going to retire. You're going to retire this weekend. Really? Then you're going to say and then you're going to come out of retirement like what Robin says. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you're going to go like like Brady. You're going to just go, you know, you'll go play base. You remember Michael Jordan played baseball for a year? I uh, sure do. Yes. Yeah. And he said, you're going to, you're going to go, you're so going to go off me, radio. Right. Go off radio. Go ahead. Continue. And then you're going to unretire. You're going to come back and say, listen, I'm yeah, back. Brady changed his mind in days. There you I'm go. I'm not Tom Brady. I'm not Tom Brady. Let's take it easy. I mean, this is Tom no, Brady. I'm Michael just Jordan. saying they all do it. How many times did Muhammad Ali retire from boxing? And he kept announce, announce your retirement right now. And then by, let's see, what's today? Today's, uh, Today's Wednesday. Wednesday. You'll, you'll unretire by tomorrow. You'll be right back on the air. <laughs> so you want me to announce it to you right yeah. this moment that I am officially finished? Is that what I should do? Or you could be honest. And here's the honest approach. <laughs> you say, listen, I, I gotta, I gotta make, in other words, I gotta create a show. I'm trying to be interesting. I got carried away. I can't retire. It's, uh, the odds of getting a, a ra your own radio channel on Sirius XM are a billion to one. And I'm a douche. You got to say that. You got to be a little bit humble. You got to say like the following. I'm a douche. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, an entertaining douche. And uh, I made a mistake. I can't retire. My wife will kill me if I stay home. And that's it. I fucked up. How about if I do it both ways? How about if I officially retire, and then when I come back, 
whenever that might be. I do that approach that you just gave me there. How about doing it that way? Well, let me ask you something. You must have spent some time thinking about this. What do you think is your best way out? You can't really retire. Um, what are you going to do? Uh, here's, here's what I was thinking. And see what you think. First off, I have to get Lavello. He's the manager of the Diamondbacks, Troy Lavello, whose father, by the way, was the executive producer of Iha way back in the late sixties. Who's a, he's, he loves television. Uh, I have to get Lavello. I got to get him on the air before the world series. That's the first thing. I have to beg forgiveness to the Diamondbacks manager. Would you agree? Do you think that's a good idea? Mm, I don't know. That sounds sticky to me. Why is that a good idea? Being honest, it's... I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? Can I talk baseball again? I think that would be a good idea. You don't like that? I don't know. I don't know. It sounds sticky to me. I don't know. You know... You know what you got to well, do? This is crazy. Go I'm going to tell you something. Remember when Ellen DeGeneres was getting the shit beat out of her because she sat oh, next absolutely. to George Bush? Remember she was sitting yep. next to George Bush at a game? and they, they. I went on her show and I said to her, you know what? Everyone's concentrating on this picture of you next to George Bush. If you make out with me right now on your show, everyone will be talking about that. And that picture will be all over the place. And no one will They'll think about, you about George Bush. Yeah. Well, I'm not that's crazy. Good, I, I'm right, not crazy. Right. This girl never want. I'm telling you, after that, no one ever brought up George Bush again. So I got a fucking plan for you. You ready? I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. Of course, I'm ready. It, Go ahead. It's a. You got to do something so outrageous that they forget about the fact that you said you were going to retire over a over a baseball game. Now this sounds crazy. You got to come out and support Hamas. <laughs> Sorry, come on, no, 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 come on. And no one will remember it. that you retired. Do you understand? You now we won't just right. hate your fucking guts. I can't do that. No, 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 All right, you can't sport. do that. That's too let's much. All right. This, let's what make, if you let's make this a sports-related scenario? And well, I what if you if what if you announce sport. what if you announce your trans? My what? Your trans. I can't you're do gonna, that either. You, and you, co you come out at a press conference. You, yeah, you say, I'm now a woman, and you come out in a dress with breast implants. <laughs> no one will And I like remember. to be referred to as that. <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little strong. Can we keep it a little more simplistic, please? <laughs> I mean, that's a little rough. What were you thinking, though, saying you're going to retire if the Diamondbacks win? That's crazy. It was a, well, it was a slow way line. On Monday, I did not think I did not think in any shape, way, or form. And by the way, the whole media agreed with me. Nobody thought the Diamondbacks would win two games. So the idea that this is a crazy prediction is absurd. Nobody in America thought Arizona would ever win two games in Philly. So let's get that on the table right out of the gate. That's number one. Number two, uh, it was a throwaway line. Then I brought up Tim, but I can't. You agree? I can't miss his first ever game on the bench. That's a disgrace as a father. You're a father. I can't do that under any All circumstances. Right. So, so that came would back you, to Would you, in order to, in order to win back the arm, would you be willing to shave your pubes and wear them on your face like a beard for 24 <laughs> hours? I guarantee you people would, would, would <laughs> say, would you know forget. what? They would forget. They, they would not only forget, they'd say, you know what? Okay, the guy suffered. So you want to put me in a suffering situation 
You yeah. want to put me in an embarrassing situation where people forget about the prediction and right. this is my new moniker. So we have to, in other we words, have to come up with something that's reasonable, Howard. You reasonable. know what I think is better? Reasonable. Well, the shaving your pubes. Board. The sandwich, sandwich board. Oh, Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. What, what is, if what he has? I'll, I'll tell you something. What if he has to give Mike Francesa a hand job? That would that would that would. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know if Mike's going to agree to that. <laughs> All right, you want the truth? You got to do something. You would got to do something that the audience says. I'm being serious now, because you made a statement. I'm going to retire. How about this? You come on my show. I'll come into Manhattan for this. We put you in a bikini, all right? And you walk down the street with a sign that says, I'm a douche. If you do that, people say, okay. It's all right. That's, a little, more, that's, a, that's a little more reasonable. Uh, that I know. one, that, that is a little fair. That's fair. Yeah, that one would, uh, I, I can live with that. That's not the, that's not the worst idea. I don't know. Do and, and by the way, and by the way, man, I have though. to have the sign to announce it? Is that, do I have yes, to go that crazy? Yes. I'm going to tell do. you something. All right. If you do that, it'll make all the media and everyone will say, wow, this guy was stand up. He took it. You know, obviously he couldn't retire, but he, he was humiliated. He was in a bikini <laughs> and he had a sign on that said, I'm a douche. And he walked down the street in Manhattan. That people, people will say, okay. Okay. Uh, I agree. That will make people forget about it. You're correct. I agree. All right. You all yeah. right, so well, guess you, I want, so you want me to you want me to go in that direction? That's what you want me to do? Yeah, I don't want you to do anything, but I know people are going to call bullshit on you for a long time unless you do something radical. And you know, I'm not suggesting you like. Listen, if I was going to be a real asshole, I'd tell you you have to suck your own penis in Times Square. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think if if the media has a picture of you in your bikini. Walking around with a sign that says I'm a douche all the way down a whole city block. I believe people would say, okay, the guy didn't do it. He didn't retire. But you know what? He suffered. He suffered. You know, and maybe even, you know what? It'll be a Diamondbacks bikini. Like it'll have the Diamondbacks right. logo on it. I think that's how you got to do it. You have to have I something do. with Diamondbacks. I agree. You have to have okay. something with the Diamondbacks. All right, so I'm maybe you. you want to orchestrate this? You want to handle yeah. this? Yeah. Now, when they ask you about why you're not retiring and why are you being a liar and why are you going back and you say, listen. What do I say? What do I say? You say the following. I discussed it with Howard Stern. He told me, yes, he understands that uh, I went too far on the air. I can't make good on retiring. I got to feed my family and I worked hard to get to where I am. But he feels I must be humiliated, and I'm willing to be humiliated. Uh, I'm all man. It's embarrassing, but I'm going to put on a Diamondbacks bikini, and I'm going to wear a big sandwich sign that says I'm a douche, and that's going to be humiliated. Can we use a different word than the one you just described no. to get the no. point across, but it's no. a little more family-oriented? Can we do that? No. You gotta be humiliated. Douche is a, when, when you say you're a douche, it means you're comparing yourself to a woman's sanitary product. 
Yeah, that's the, yeah. I mean, isn't that a little, isn't that, you know, I, I am, yes. I, you know, I'm not that bad a guy, am I? Jeez, you're going to no, make me No, it's this? that you, 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 you want to retire? Go ahead. I'm, I'm telling you, if you want to get out of this, you got to do something. I agree with you on that. I'm not disputing that. My point I'm trying to help you. you. Is, I'd like to see you stay on the radio. I, I'm a fan. I, I, I love you. I, I, listen, I'm, I, nobody loves you more than me. You know that better than anybody. Right. You're, you're a big reason why I've been successful. I mean, everybody knows that. But I, let me, let me to talk to a, Mad Dog. Let me talk to Mad Dog Impersonator. Let me see what he says, okay? Okay, yes, go ahead. Mad Dog. Yes. I'm Christopher How are you today on the two-way sports radio program. Mad Dog Impersonator. Mad Dog Impersonator. Go ahead. What do you think of my idea that that Mad Dog, the real Mad Dog, walks down the street with a sign in a, a Diamondbacks bikini? A uh, little spotty. Uh, right now, uh, thighs are looking pretty good. I'm using the, I'm using the thigh master, Suzanne Summers. Not bad in that spot. Upper body, not great right now. A lot of tennis playing. It's not a terrible idea. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, it, we, we could probably, not a bad job, not a bad thought. Uh, we could get the, Real Mad Dog, Real Mad Dog, what do you think about what Mad Dog Impersonator is saying? Well, listen, I am a pretty guy for 64 years of age, and I just had a birthday last week. Thank you very That's much for wishing me a happy birthday. Um, the uh, I, I'm in decent shape, so I'm not so much worried about wearing a bikini with a Diamondback logo. What I am concerned about, and this is what I'm going to try to negotiate with you here, is eliminate the you know the the term that will is a little unbecoming. Now mm. you think that's imperative. You think that's imperative that I put I that do. term up there. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to just live with it because I trust your. Uh, acumen and Robbins, as far as you know, being in the public eye, uh, as it's got to be something you're around. uncomfortable with, Mad Dog. No, in other words, don't you think? Like, don't you think wearing a bikini walking down a street is uncomfortable enough? You got to double down. That's yeah. Wait a second. Not if you claim to look as good as you say you do. I mean, doing the habadoo and the habadoo on the on the stair <laughs> and the treadmill, and then running around picking up the kids, and then taking them to college, and then doing all the other stuff you're doing in the hullabaloo with Stephen A. Smith. I don't think that's a big sacrifice. You don't. I told the fake mad dog thinks the real mad dog should do this. All right, Howard. Uh, <laughs> I, I will allow you, Howard. You you walk the street the way you have to walk the street. Now, All right. Thank you. I have you. to do to make you right. to make you happy. You are the most which, important person. You and Tori Lamello. I don't know which Mad Dog I'm talking to. All right, I'm hanging up on Mad Dog impersonator because I don't know who I'm talking to. Uh, this is real Mad Dog. Mad Dog, you up for this? Because I I don't see any other way out. If you're asking my advice, I think you got to go with the word douche, and I think you got to do the bikini. Uh. If you, again, as I just said, nobody has conquered the media world more than you uh, in all phases of media. Sports media doesn't count. All phases of media. So if right. you recommend you and Robin as a team, throw Gary in there and all your little pals, 
if you <laughs> recommend that this will eliminate the idea that I acted like that I was dead wrong, uh, that I got myself in hot water, the Diamondbacks all pumped up, that I'm an idiot's going to quit. If you think this is the only way that I can sort of get back my good name, I will have to do it. All That's right. the bottom line. Let me see if the audience is satisfied with that. Uh, Michael, uh, you're from Jersey. I'm sure you're a Mad Dog fan. What do you think? I think that's a good thing, what Mad Dog is saying. It's, an, it's, it's something people would accept, and the media will accept, that he's being humiliated, and now he doesn't have to retire. Do you agree? Hey, Howard, how are you? Hey, go ahead. Hey, I, I had a different take on it. I think that people always like that uh, celebrities, if they get in trouble or do something, maybe they give some sort of charitable donation. So I was thinking, you know, being that he's in with Arizona and he's having a problem with them, they have to have some sort of charitable uh, fund or some sort of donation he can give to. Well, look, uh, here's the thing, Michael. To get his job. Mad Dog, what he did was a radio stunt. He announced that he was going to retire. And now the radio stunt backfired on him. The unbelievable happened. The Diamondbacks actually won. So now he's in a pickle. And I'm just trying to think. I think the media would be off his ass if he did something. Like, I wouldn't want to be in a, a Diamondbacks bikini saying I'm a douche. That would be hard for Right. Me. The news will be, does Mad Dog show up for work whenever he's supposed He said he'd quit on the spot. And so does Mad Dog show up for work today? Mad Dog's you know got to mitigate that. That's right. The only way that nonsense and that chatter stops, and Mad Dog really thinking through. If you agree to be in a Diamondbacks bikini and walk around with a big sign that says I'm a douche, and then you back out of that. Well, I can't. That's, oh, I can't. No, you can't. Then, you can't. Then I'm dirt. Then I'm dirt forever. Then I'm finished. Then I, then then you I really finish. do have to retire. Yeah, then I'm done. Yeah. That I agree with. <laughs> I'm trying to negotiate with you where we can lessen the impact of the embarrassment and make it a family-friendly Let's have fun well, at Mad Dog's no, expense. No, no, no. And you you're are not what do you think? And you are not Mad giving dog. me a, You are not allowed to I got an that. idea. I got an idea, Robin, before you reject that. Okay. Maybe in a way, if he's going to be on TV, if it says douche, they won't put, put the picture. put that little thing over it. Better. How about this? All right. He's in the bikini, Diamondbacks bikini, got the sandwich board, and he says, I'm a tool. That's pretty bad. I don't I'm a think tool. people understand tool as well as they understand the other word. All right. What about I'm a liar? That's better. There you're starting to cook with gas. Yeah. Let's Why don't you see. do that? I'm How about this? How dope. about this? Let me what make it real stupid. embarrassing. I'm a liar I'm and a dope. I'm, I'm a, a liar and a dope. Yeah, All right. There you go. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Deal is done. I will, I will, if you eliminate that word, I All will right. do liar and dope. And you, Howard Stern, who I, as you know, how many times I've been out with you? Five, six times? We've always had a good time. We've right. always had a good relationship. So yep. in this scenario, you will orchestrate and I will do something else as a good call for the Diamondback Charitable Foundation. I think that's fair too. But as far okay. as the public humiliation, the public humiliation, I think you hit it right on the head. If you yeah, allow that would me be, to get off the yeah. one word to say liar and dope, 
I will agree to it. How's that? Remember that Game of Thrones when the woman was walking through the street naked and they yelled shame? That was pretty humiliating. How about this? I can handle that. I want to make sure the media forgives you so it says I'm a liar. I'm uh, I'm a fraud. What is it when you welch on a bet? You're a welcher. <laughs> well, you know, a liar, a liar is a little strong. A liar is a little stronger than it lie Same. about the pick. I made oh, okay. a, pick All a right. bad pick. Well, you lied but, about but retiring. I, well, I haven't. I, I haven't. I, I, I haven't made that official. Maybe I will retire. Who the hell knows? I don't know what I do. I mean, and I'm but, not going to uh, do something uh, sneaky where at the back of the sign where you can't see it, I'm not going to write like Heil Hitler or ISIS rules or <laughs> no, something weird can't, like no, that. You can't, you can't no. do that, Howard, because I never no, live. I, I will, I will be finished for life. Right. I have to trust no. you. I have to trust you to keep this politically correct. Number one, <laughs> and number right. two, you can't. I, next time I go to the, you know, the uncle's 80th birthday party. I don't embarrass myself, and I got to hide in the corner because you put me in a tough spot. So I am counting no, no, no. on I you. Mean, I am. I was thinking. You. I'm telling I you, if it was anybody else, I would put like free Jared Fogle on the back of the <laughs> sign, and you'd be screwed for life. You know, but you not you. you I'm not going to do that. I'm yeah. going to say you're a liar and a tool. Maybe I'll write on it. Dope, 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 dope. That's it. Okay, liar and dope. If I really, if I really wanted to humiliate you, I would say I give blowjobs for food, but I'm not going to do that. No, 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 no. I got a family. What are you kidding me? If you didn't have a family, let me tell you something. If you didn't have a family, you know what that sign would say? That sign would say. Daddy's little cum slut, and don't. Yeah, I'm an adulterer. No, no, no. That's no, no, what it no, would no, say. Don't, don't. I got a kid who's a coach now. You can. I got another right. one who's a wants to be a broadcaster. I have another one who's in college, and I got the fourth who graduated from Notre Dame. You cannot repeat. <laughs> you cannot publicly embarrass me in front of my family. God if it. you, you if you do. didn't have a family, that sign would say. Piss porn lover. <laughs> I don't care what you say. You can't. Fine. But I do have a family. I do have a lovely wife. All right. Mad dog. You got to handle this properly. I'm counting Gary, on you to be You got to contact Mad Dog. Clean. The only way he gets out of this is through some humiliation. We got it got all it. planned out. He'll be in the bikini. Now he could go on TV and say, look, I fucked up. I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to go in a bikini in a Diamondbacks bikini on the Howard Stern show. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put on a sandwich board that says that I'm a I'm a, I'm a liar or whatever the hell he mm-hmm. said there. All right. Got it. Got it. If you arrange with Mad Dog when he's gonna do this, and then alert the media so he can be publicly humiliated. Okay. Okay. Howard, before we lose Chris, I do want to ask him about a story because he talked recently on a show about something that he claims is the biggest humiliation of his broadcasting career. Something that happened to him on the set of Stephen A. Smith, how he was humiliated in front of the entire cast and 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 everybody that worked on the show. What was that? Yeah, what was you, that? I don't even know. Yeah, Gary, I don't even know. Gary, what oh, the geez, fuck are you okay. talking about? I'm in the middle of something here. No, no, we thought we we all thought this was a good story, but if Chris doesn't remember it, then I'll let it be. 
He said it was the biggest humiliation of his life. They threw him off the set. They told him to leave. All right, look. Gary, you take that up with Mad Dog that. on your show. I, I gave Gary a show so he could talk to you. Mad Dog. <laughs> okay. I think Gary's on yeah. shrooms. That's what I think. Maybe. Hey, you know what, Gary? Gary, why don't you slip into a bikini and walk around with a <laughs> sign, too? Hey, listen, you know, this was a group effort, but All I right. will put on the All top right. part of the bikini. All right, Mad Dog, I'll help yeah. you with this. And I feel bad for you, I know, because it got out of hand. It did. Get out of hand. It, it got did, out of it hand. All but right. if you can orchestrate it, and Gary is the, is the point man, if you keep the sign right. clean... I'll get a Diamondback bikini if that, or a bathing suit or something like that. I mean, I have a bikini, but something along the lines of underwear. And I will walk on a hopefully a warmer day. I will right. walk a city block, not an avenue, not an avenue. I, city uh, block. You know, I will go, I will go a block, 49th to 48th. I'm not going over from Madison. To, I'm not going fifth to sixth. That's too far. <laughs> but I'll go it's down. It's got to be Times Square. I'll go down an avenue. Nah, well, he'll I go right out here. Right. There's right, plenty of people. Right what are you doing? Oh, yeah. in Rockefeller Center. Okay. Yeah, Rockefeller yeah, Center. I do it right busy. around here. Yeah. I do it right around here. How's that? Right. that that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Is that does that get me off the hook with the Diamondbacks? With the Diamondbacks? I think it. I think it does. Okay. And I will you check with the coach. About listeners first. Yeah, because and I'm right going to check. Now you have no credibility. Right, you lost that's all your credibility. Yeah, we're trying to get you back, pal. We're trying to help. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. And you, and you should put Lavello on. You should put the manager on. He's a good guy. And he'd get a kick out of that. You should put him on. I will ask him if he's satisfied with that. I'll find he out. Should, I want to make sure. He should witness this. Maybe even some of the players. Yeah, I might have to well, fly in the whole world, team. He's got, a world, he's got a World Series to prepare for. So I I'm know, not sure exactly when we can do I don't know when we can do this. But I will do this for you. Since Howard is the orchestrator, I will agree to do it. How's that? Fair enough? And by the way. We, our building is right next to Fox News. They're going to love it. They're going to sit there. They're going to cover this. I'm telling you, that's good. That'll add to your humiliation. That's fine. Did you, uh, I don't did mind. You that. Hear, what, I, don't, I don't care what you, these networks say. Did you did hear the what? Diamondbacks players chanting your name after they beat the Phillies? I woke up this morning and heard that. Think about that for a second. Wow. That is hard to believe, Howard. They just got to the World Series and they're worrying about me. That's hard to believe. That's hard to believe. I think it is. You were That's the reason they won. They just couldn't, they, you know. They had to show you. So we got to humiliate you. you and I, I think the players will be satisfied and the fans. Oh, if you didn't have a family, it'd be so much worse. I, I, your <laughs> sign would say, I eat my own cum. <laughs> Don't you say that. And you agree with me. I have to go to that basketball game on November 6th. You do agree with that, correct? Yeah, that you have to do. You're, you you got to do that for your kids. Unless you want okay. us to make the sign so bad your son says, stay away, Dad. <laughs> uh, he doesn't want me to go. I could do that. But uh, I, will, if you didn't, I will. If you didn't have a son, that sign would say, I've strangled more women than the Long Island serial killer. Like, it would be terrible. Uh, stop it. Uh, stop. Yeah. Right. That's, we're all, all right. set. Get Gary to be the midpoint man. How's that? I, I, I love I you, Howard. I love you like I love that. you, too. All right. That's Chris Russo who got out of control with his thing. And <laughs> now he's got to. So I'm going to help him out. Uh, what was he thinking? He wasn't thinking. If he didn't have a family, that sign would say, I jerk off to animal pornography. I'm telling you. <laughs> it would be really bad. Uh, wow. You imagine him walking around in a bikini? 
with a big sign. Think of it. That's pretty fucking humiliating for a guy like him. Well, all I can think of, you know, with a sandwich board, you have the flap on the back. But we got to shorten that flap so you really yeah. get to see the bikini. Yeah, we got to see that bikini. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got to think this through. I mean, I want to make sure he has maximum humiliation. <laughs> <laughs> What's the sign going to say? I'm a liar and a... Uh, uh, a dope. I'm a dope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dope and a liar. That's pretty humiliating. Come on. I mean, the guy's got a, a major career going. Just got inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame, for God's sakes. And now he's parading yeah, didn't around. Did he take a, a place on the board or something? I think yeah, he's a yeah. part of the organization now. Yeah. <laughs> Dean, you're on the air in North Carolina. Hey, Howard. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm actually talking to you. Hi, Robin. Good morning. Morning. Listen, I was hoping you could finish your story about the Apple News and the blueberries. Oh. You never finished. Oh, yeah. What yeah. happened with that? What I was telling you is I'm reading uh, Apple News, and, you know, I have blueberries every morning with my uh, yogurt. And they're talking about the heel. I wish I had the article in front of me. Maybe I could get it. Maybe someone could look it up for me. They're talking about what blueberries, specifically blueberries, do for your system. And it's unfucking believable. They say oh, yeah. even as little as a third of a cup a day of blueberries. I eat about, I'd say I eat about a half a cup a day. And they're talking about adding to your longevity, everything. I yeah, mean, better I, than um, bunches of kale or, you know, whatever yep. else you might think of. Blueberries are filled with antioxidants. Yeah, it's crazy. Blueberries, Turns something out simple antioxidants like antioxidants taste good. So I even said to my wife, who cannot stand eating fruit, I said, just oh my. in the morning, eat a third of a cup of blueberries. She's thinking of doing it. She read the article too. It's really good. Yeah, well, don't Blueberry. go overboard, Howard, because you know how you get. No, 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 no. That's what happened to me with cucumbers. My daughter sent me an article. It says, uh, Eat cucumbers, it's fantastic, blah, blah, blah. Well, I get this thing. I start eating cucumbers. I eat at least two, three cucumbers a day. <laughs> like just sometimes I would just eat cucumbers. Well, I go for my colonoscopy and my guy says to me, do you eat cucumbers? I go, yeah. He goes, you got to back off. I found so many seeds in your asshole. <laughs> like, like, cause they evidently don't disintegrate. He goes, it's okay in moderation, but you're out of your fucking uh, mind. You're, you, you, he says, I, all I could see was seeds. It's like a cucumber farm up your ass. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm you telling have to you. Uh, on the blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> you Robin know knows me. I get, I get into a thing. I get, I get, if I want to be healthy. More is I, better. I said to the doctor, I'm trying to be healthy. He goes, you're doing the opposite. You're all clogged up with cucumbers. So with the blueberries, I have a half a cup a day. Been doing it for years. All right. And Wonderful. Uh, I'm just Yeah. All right. There's your story. Thank you. Well, thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Here's what it says. Blueberries are often called a superfood. Yeah. They may help lower blood pressure, prevent heart disease, improve memory, aid in exercise recovery. There you go. So I'm doing that. 
and some cucumbers too, but not a lot. A little cucumbers, yeah. not bad. Well, if you had read this article, my daughter said me, you'd be you'd be scarfing down cucumbers too. It was like it was like the 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 fountain of youth I had found. <laughs> Thought I was going to live to one hundred fifty. Those cucumbers, I'm so embarrassed. I wake up, he goes, "What are you doing with these cucumbers?" Yeah, I mean, so bad that he had to say something. It was crazy. He couldn't see up my asshole. <laughs> and mind you, I had cleaned out for the uh, colonoscopy. Still didn't get them all out of no. there. No. Wouldn't, couldn't wow. wash out those cucumbers. Woof. <laughs> <sighs> I got to admit, uh, Mad Dog running around in a bikini with that sign. You know. Yeah. It's going to be pretty wild. I know the press will be all over it. He's got I, to humiliate himself for making such a silly statement. I do want to thank ZipRecruiter, Robin. If you're hiring, ZipRecruiter. Hey, when are we doing the um, what's my freaky fetish? Are we going to do that next after the commercial? Um, all right. I, I'm going to make a call here. I'm saying yes. 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 Okay. okay. Thank you. So up next, Robin, Ronnie, and uh, my mouse. <clears throat> the fuck is he doing over there? I think mouse is a a euphemism for his penis. Dulo Buki Buki. What was he doing? Dulo Mad Dog. Bookie. He comes bursting in and he goes, Mad Dog. I got a question for you. Matthew's like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't remember I, listen, that. I, I don't want to get. I wasn't the only one who thought this was a good idea. Right. Okay. Enough. Robin, Ronnie, and Chris DeStefano. Been practicing that name all night. DeStefano. DeStefano. Chris DeStefano. 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 Motherfucker. I told you to put that accent on the staff. Oh. Chris DeStefano is such a big deal comic. I didn't even know this. The dude sold out Madison Square Garden and something else back to back. I don't remember what it was. I read a stat on the guy. Let me see. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Help me out with that. Yeah, Chris. Radio City and Madison Square Garden back to back. Yeah, listen to this. How is it Radio I don't City even know? Madison Square Garden. Yeah, how was it this guy sold out Radio City Music Hall and Madison Square Garden back to back? Like, supposedly it's like the first time it's been done or something. And I don't even know this dude's name. How is that possible? And everyone goes, he's crazy in the world today. Things are so scattered. You know, there's no Ed Sullivan show. There's no Johnny Carson. There's no, you know, they you just don't know where people are showing up and how people are finding people. Yeah. But maybe this is it. I'm, you know, I'm near the end, and I, you know, that's what happens. Like I say to my mother, "Hey, have you heard the Beatles?" Who? Oh. You know, like, like, you, you know. <laughs> hey, mom, you, you read about Taylor Swift? How's that? I don't know Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Who's that? I mean, I, this is what happens. How do I not know Chris DeStefano? DeStefano. <laughs> like um 
He's big. He's a big deal. I should know he's yeah, when he, when he's got people calling to tell you how to pronounce his name, he's big. Yeah. You and me, we're the only two that don't know who this is. <laughs> we're supposed to know. We're in the media. We're supposed to but know these things. Where am I supposed to find? Where has he been? You know who's a big fan yeah. of his? Who put, who put him on our radar? Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel loves him. Hey, Jimmy seems to know everybody. Jimble well, he's got Kimble. that comedy club. So he's got to know who to put in that. Room. Right. He gave Chris a TV show. Chris was a host of a TV show that Jimmy produced. Wow. What was the show? I don't remember. Well, it's okay. I'll ask him. Well, we're going to play the game in a minute. It's going to be, you're going to have to deduce what this guy's freakish fetish is. And it's pretty fucked up. All I know is I know what it is and I can't even deal with it. They were I describing. Said to, I said, I bet you this is going to be like the most disgusting thing. Okay, I'll tell and you I what. Probably don't even know what it is. All right. Even if it's I'll tell described you what. to me. This game we're going to play next after the break. I can go pish. So the guys found this dude, and I'm reading through the notes this morning with them. I got Who halfway through the. That, uh, that uh, Wolfie. 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 <laughs> and, and so I'm going through the notes this morning and, we're, and Jason's reading them to me. Halfway through, I said, Jason, you got to stop. stop. <laughs> I, I can't handle it. That's how bad it was. It's crazy stuff. So you, Ronnie, and Chris DeStefano are going to have to figure out De what Stefano. this guy's thing. Fuck. <laughs> Let me say it a couple. DeStefano, 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 DeStefano. Chris DeStefano, you and Ronnie are going to have to figure it out. All right, we'll be back. Yeah. Oh, here. Let me say, uh, did I say thanks to ZipRecruiter already? Yeah, I guess I did. Did I? I don't oh. remember. I think If you you're did. hiring. I did? Yeah. I hope I did. Anybody want to tell me what I just... All right. Who gives a shit? What am I going to do? Let me say so. I got to say something else now. I can't just go to break. Hey, oh. Yeah. Red Rider, Lunatic Fringe. This is an oldie. What year did this one come out? I don't even remember. Anyway. Yeah. It's time for What's My Freaky Fetish? Do they get aroused by vomit? Or do they trip out to their mother? Maybe they get whipped till they pass out. Or they like to come on feet. What's my freak? What's my freak? My freaky fetish. Yeah, what's my freaky fetish? Starring. What's my freak? What's my freak? My freaky Sing, singing his heart out. Uh, starring Robin, Ronnie, and here we go again, Chris DeStefano. No, DeStefano. Chris, your last name drives me fucking nuts. How are <laughs> you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank you. I um, It's nice to meet everyone. I, um, I don't know what my last name is either. <laughs> I have different family members that pronounce it differently. Some family members capitalize the S. I make the S small. 
It's a confidence issue. Um, and, and I just, <laughs> I just, you know, I get it. I call myself Chrissy D. Some people call me Ellen. It depends. <laughs> I'm going to call you. First of all, I didn't know you were such a handsome guy. You're a good looking. You look like a guy who might have played football or something like that. Do I, am I accurate here? Um, I played, uh, division three basketball and then, uh, had a lot of asthma and psoriasis issues. So I am one of these people that appear one way, but am a very different uh way like i don't you know i people always think i can build stuff they like always call me for these build shows i'm like you know i don't even know what sheetrock is i mean my my you know yeah you do look like a dude who like could build stuff you know what i mean you look super you look hyper masculine he has all those tools in the garage that are you know no perfect for every job no, I'm one of those guys. It's just, you know, intense anxiety, um, which is better now, <laughs> but just, I just feel, uh, you know, I, I would get abused a lot by, you know, I'm from like Queens, Brooklyn, like, you know, real New York guys. And, um, I would get abused by them because I knew all the state capitals and loved the history of the American Revolution and geography. And <laughs> I remember one time I was, uh, I knew in my neighborhood where I grew up, Ridgewood, Queens, some of the street signs are designated brown, not the traditional green. And a brown designated street sign means it's been, it's a historical place and it, nothing can be changed. And I remember one time I told my friend Antonio Parisi that, and he was like, why don't I take that sign down and shove it up your ass? Would you like that? <laughs> I was like, I would. When I'm coming, I'd yell the capital of New York. Parisi wasn't a fan of uh, of, of, of uh, history and, and geography and stuff like that. No, That's and, interesting. And yeah. as expected, Parisi's dead now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yes. Chris, uh, how is it you're selling out Radio City Music Hall? Mm. You're selling out Madison Square Garden, which is what, 20,000 seats. Well, let, let me be, I wanted to be clear. I wanted to, I, cause I've been saying this. Radio City Music Hall, that's true. That was on Friday night. Then Saturday night, it was the theater at Madison Square okay. Garden, which is still five, 6,000 seats, but it was the theater. I'm, I'm right. a theater guy. Got it. Yes. Okay. Still, you sold out two. 6,000-seat yeah. venues, pretty much, two two nights in a row. And I don't know you? I mean, that, I'm officially out of it, man. I, there's something wrong with me that I don't know you. Where What's going you on with me? No. Yeah, where have I been? What's going on? I think, I no, I think that with uh, comedy has changed in, it's very, it's, it's fractionalized now. Like, you got, you know, it's podcasting, and it's very niche. It's about the niche stuff. Nobody really or very select few are generally famous anymore. Now it's very niche. It's very, you know, you got a guy, you know, like a Tom Segura who can sell out in arena, will sell out arenas, but, you know, he'll walk through the town and only his fans will know him. He's not like Kevin Hart, generally famous. So I don't think it's I don't think it's anything uh, to do with you, Howard. I think it's just the way the world is now. Is Kevin Hart the biggest comedian right now in the sense that he sells out the most tickets? Like, who's the guy in comedy now? I mean, Chappelle sells tickets. Yeah. Is it, but is it Kevin Hart is the man or, or is it someone else? I would say, I would say Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, um, you have Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, Bill Burr, the, the new guy who's selling everywhere now and, you know, uh, a, a guy who I'm kind of, I was, he had already, was a little bit ahead of me. It was 
been doing comedy for a few years by the time I started, but I remember when he had truly nothing is Nate Bargatze. Nate Bargatze is hosting SNL this weekend. He's on an arena tour. That's a guy. That's like the first guy from, you know, my class, even though he's a bit older. I'm like, oh, wow, this guy, he exploded. He's like, he's made it to the top top. Um, and that's been cool to see. You know what's crazy? Except for Bill Burr, who I do know, all the other names you mentioned, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. And, it's, and you're right. It's probably because people are keyed into these podcasts and they, they know these names and they go and they build the following. But damn, I feel I feel really out of it that I don't know some of these guys. Well, how do you build the following? You're like, you know, what do you do? I just, you know, you, it was the Internet for me. It was really in the pandemic when um, when, uh, uh, you know, the whole world was just watching you know was home watching their computer or tv or whatever i had a podcast it's called history hyenas we no longer do with uh comedian Giannis Papas, very funny guy when we had this history podcast we would do history and comedy um and then all these things start to happen and then getting a viral comedy video is typically the way and i told uh i did a stand-up set um uh at the comedy cellar uh about my experience on 9-11 and um <laughs> i was pretty drunk that night and i it was actually on 9-11 when i did this show on 9-11 2019 and i just went there at the comedy cellar and did this set 12 minute set and put it out on the internet and it started to go viral and then the next thing you know my ticket sales started jumping incrementally and then from there it was just one thing after the next thing but it was all pretty much the internet almost very little wow. television almost no movies it was that how um you know it's so fucking crazy too because like and and you know listen i know jimmy's a fan he told me about you and oh, he yeah. says you gotta have this guy on and you did letterman and all that stuff it's just it's really weird how i'm not keyed in and it is it is i'll be honest it was really really bothering me how old were you when you started doing comedy i started doing comedy when i'm 39 now i started doing comedy when i was 27 wow that's late yeah, I, well, I was a physical therapist first. Um, so, cause my mom is like all about education and stuff. So I had to get, and because my dad was like a criminal, you know, on and out, you know, always was in trouble. And my, you know, real deep rooted New York. Wait a guy. second. Your dad was a criminal? Did he go to jail? It did. Yeah. Before I was born, he was, you know, he would do. <laughs> You know, who the hell knows? And my mom was like this Ivy League graduate. And they actually met my parents actually met at a walkathon because my mom was walking in the walkathon, you know, raising money for cancer and things like that, because she's just a genuinely great person. And my dad was doing community service on the side of the walkathon. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> really? For real? That's a true story. For real. Just picking oh up God. garbage in like, you know, orange jumpsuits and you know, supposedly he tried to like pinch her butt with one of these garbage pickup things. And she was like, don't do that. But she also wanted to fling with a bad boy. So then when your mom, when your mom was like, uh, when like, you know, she was like t trying to discipline you or tell you you did something wrong. Do you ever, did you ever like just turn to her and say, yeah, but you married a criminal. Here you are, Miss Smarty Pants. Like, like what the fuck kind of judgment do you have? Did you ever throw it in her face? All the time. Because I would be like, you know, you're, you're yelling at me. You passed tests to get into Columbia and Harvard, and now the guy that you married's nickname is Tony Balls. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, 
What do you want? How could you? And then she would just like, go to your room. And then her punishment was always, I would read about, she'd, you know, have me go sit in my room and I'd have to memorize the state capitals, talk about, you know, read the encyclopedia, colonial American revolutionary history. So that's why I have this, you know, you know, kind of look about me that like, is like my dad, like, oh, this guy looks yeah. like he'd be in the streets, but you know, I yeah, you, you know, look like a tough guy, like a guy who could handle himself, you know, like you could beat up somebody. You look strong. You know, you hit the gym. I do. I do hit the gym. But, you know, again, in more, you know, I do like the elliptical. Like I, right. I'm one of those guys like I'm not. <laughs> That's a very feminine workout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Wearing, I'm wearing Lululemon pants right now. You know, <laughs> so do you do, 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 do your dad. Is he um, is he still in your life or did you hate him because he was a bad guy or what, what, are they still married? What's going on there? No. So they got divorced immediately because, um, you know, <laughs> my mom just knew she she, <laughs> she messed up, but she's going to have yeah. this, you know, so they divorced immediately. My dad is one of those guys, though. Great example of a guy who just committed to being my father. And even though a divorce to my mom, you know, and didn't work out with my mom, said, your mother will always be one of the most important people in my life. And I will always respect her. And I've never once heard my father say a bad word about my mom because he's like, that's your mother. I have nothing but respect for her and I have nothing but respect for you. And he was at every single event, anything monumental in my career. He's there from from the time I was playing basketball to graduated uh, from physical therapy school to comedy, always there, always supporting me, um, even when I left. Because, you know, it was when I chose to leave physical therapy uh, to embark on a career in stand-up comedy. I mean, you know, I, I had a doctorate degree. Like, it was a whole thing. My mother was, like, beside herself. Because, you know, even when I went in, I was working with, I was a pediatric physical therapist. I was working with mostly mentally and physically handicapped kids. And uh, I went in, and I was out of school, and I told the principal you know, I'm going to leave this career to do comedy. Um, she was like that. You're never going to make it. She was like, that is very, very stupid to do that. She was like, you, <laughs> you have full health benefits here. You're making $47,000 a year. You know, you're, you're, don't, don't leave. You're dumb. You will not make it. And I just remember my dad told me he, you know, I'm, cause I was telling him I was going to do it. He goes, you stick to your guns. You stick to your guns. My dad's rule always has been you control your effort, not your outcome. The outcome has nothing to do with you. Only the effort has everything to do with you. And you're putting in real effort. So you go and you give it your all. And then this way, if it doesn't work out, you can at least say, I gave it my all and on, you can die, you know, a happy death. And he said, and I'll be, I'll support you. My, Cause my dad had a good job by then. He was like, I'll support you if you don't make it. He goes, I know how to make money, Chrissy. I'll go. We can make cash. We got people. I can, you, don't worry about money. We'll get you money. You can live in my basement, but you wow. got to go for this. And so, um, that's amazing. You know, when you, it's really quite admirable because when you have something to fall back on, normally, you know, now you're a physical therapist, you'd gone through all this education and you got a job with benefits and things. You know, normally you just go, I'm not going to fuck this up. And then you just live this life where you say, maybe I could have been a comedian. Maybe I could have been a comedian. Now, I'm sure when you finally said, that's it, I'm walking away from my job and I'm going to go be a, a comedian. And then you get up on stage. Did you bomb and go, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, yes, because, well, I, I, so by the time I left this physical therapy job i had started i was physical doing physical therapy and comedy simultaneously burning the candle at both ends you know i would go you know 
get into my physical therapy job about 7.30 in the morning, work with the kids, get the last kid on the bus by about 3.30, then go start hitting the open mics in New York City. They started about 5, and I would do open mics all night until about midnight. And then at that time, the only really way somebody like me could get on would be is if I worked the front door at the comedy club and then they would let me do five minutes at two o'clock in the morning for, you know, 10 tourists that didn't even speak English or wow. if I brought friends to the show. So the friends run out real quick. The first two weeks, oh, I got friends. Then all of a sudden you're like, I'm not watching you bomb and you're horrific. So. I just, I had to keep burning the candle at both ends, put in 20 hour days. Again, always thinking my dad, the effort, not the outcome, the effort, not the outcome. So by the time I got to, uh, in a place to quit, I had already done the David Letterman show. I'd already, that had already happened. And, um, and, you know, I had left physical therapy. I, I, I was leaving my job, uh, in the New York City Board of Ed. I would sometimes not show up and I would go on the radio or I would go do a comedy gig. And that for the New York City Board of Ed is called theft of service. They actually wow. have n retired NYPD detectives that if they find out that you're calling out sick and you're not actually sick, they can like prosecute you. So, Jeez. so. I get a knock. I had quit already, right? I had quit, and I didn't right. realize I was getting investigated by the NYPD for theft of service. I had no idea this was happening. I had told my principal I quit. So then I'm just sitting there with no money in my bank account being like, did I mess up here? And then three days later, I get a knock at the apartment I was living in, and it's two detectives, and like like Ooh. real detectives. And they're like, are you Chris Stefano?" I said, well, you pronounced my last name right. And they, yeah. I said, thanks. <laughs> and, 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 and I said, are you, are you, and, and they said, uh, and they said, we need to come in. And they said, where were you on these, these dates? And I just flat out told them, I said, listen, I, I've been on the radio. Okay. I'm doing comedy now. I, I said, I quit. I quit physical therapy last week. They said, you quit. They said, all right. So then if you quit, don't worry about it. Cause you were going to get fired. You were going to get sued. But they said, if you quit, no harm, no foul. And then they had seen these postcards uh the postcards from david letterman that you know i still had i haven't even framed them yet and they were like what's that i said oh i just did the david letterman show they go get the fuck out of here i said yeah they go let's watch it so they sat down these two detectives and just watched me do this five minutes and the only the detective's only comment was he goes you know your suit was too big you look like you're swimming in your fucking suit next time get your suit tailored and i was like oh my god thanks that's unbelievable story. Just yeah. unbelievable. What Letterman? Did you did you do well on Letterman, or were you upset by it? No. So in, interesting. So with Letterman, you know, I was, of course very nervous, whatever. And the other guest was John Travolta. So, mm. um, which you know, to my mother, I mean, my mother wasn't even telling people I was doing Letterman. She was like, "I'm going to Letterman this week. I'm going to see Travolta." I'm like, you know, also, <laughs> I'm doing five minutes here. <laughs> I got an oversized suit from Joseph A. Bank. Let's go. And You're going on. She goes, I'm seeing Travolta. That's so great. Because that's like their got right. you know, to a, 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 you know, woman in her fifties from, you know, Queens, Brooklyn. I mean, Johnny T Travolta is everything. Right. And, and so, and so I go, I'm, you know, of course nervous, but feel prepared. And I go and, um, and I'm about to go on next. And they, you know, the, the, the guy said, the producer said, listen, when you feel a tap on my shoulder, cause you can't hear, just walk out there. I said, okay. Mm. So Travolta's on, killing, being Travolta. And then there's a 90-second commercial break where Travolta's walking out past me, and I'm standing right there, and I was, of course, not going to say anything. And he just stops, and he looks at me, he goes, what a beautiful suit you have on. I was like, thanks. I feel like it's, it's a little big. He was like, it's beautiful. I was like, thank you. And he goes, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I do, um, I do comedy. 
he was like, great. That's amazing. He was like, and um, are you on the show? I was like, yeah, it's my first time ever uh, actually on TV. He was like, great. He goes, you've done it already then. I said, no, this is my first time. I haven't done it yet. He goes, no, it's over. And I said, no, no, John, I I'm going on next. And he was like, no, you've done it. You have to understand the mo you've done all the work. You've, he's like, I'm sure Mr. Letterman had to vet you. I'm sure you've practiced this set a hundred times. It's over. Now you just have to go live the moment. This is the fun part. There is zero pressure now. You've done it. it it's over. And then he put his hand on my heart just right away. And he goes, oh, my God, your heart is beating so fast. I said, well, you know, you're John Travolta. You have your hand on my nipple. So <laughs> it's, it's nerve-wracking. And yeah. he was like, calm down. You've done it. Remember, this is over. You've done it. It's over. And 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 he says to me, and then Jesse goes, I'm going to watch you live this moment. This is cool. I'm going to watch you live this moment. Now go make this the easiest five minutes you've ever done because the hard work is over. And with that, the producer puts his hand on my shoulder. I go out. So he releases his hand. Uh, Travolta releases his hand. I walk out. I had what I think is one of the calmest best sets i've had still to this date in my career the only thing i could wow. feel is my kneecap shaking a little bit because you know that energy's got to go somewhere but i nailed it i i felt i could the crowd was great you know david letterman shook my hand whispered he was like that was great and and i felt so good and i'm walking off and i see my mother you know right there she's like that was amazing oh i'm like thank you and then i said where's john travolta and they said he left immediately just wow. right away, he's, right. He, he just, he had a, you know, he's flying to Zimbabwe, whatever, he flies right. on a plane, he's out of here, so they said, you know, but I, but I don't, I never found, I never was upset by that, because I'm like, he did everything he could to calm me down, and he was like, my work is done, I'm not going to see, watch this asshole do five minutes with, I'm John Travolta. Yeah, but this is, this is a fascinating story, you know, on the one hand, now, I, I've done Letterman as well, and when you're waiting, I know what you're talking about, when you're waiting in the wings to go on. I know I need, I, I need this moment of concentration. I'm going through everything I'm going to do on there. And on the one hand, I would have been annoyed if somebody came up and talked to me because I'm going, you know, I imagine as a stand up, you're going through your set, you're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking, and you, that sort of motion. But on the other hand, this Travolta story is like the most wonderful, loving story ever to say to someone, you've done it already. That's a pretty profound thought. Yeah. And 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 you took it that way. In other words, he calmed down your nerves. You he basically did. he did. He calmed me wow. down and and it's one of those he's one of those guys, you know, I'm sure, you know, all you guys have met him, but people haven't like when you are I with haven't. it, when you're with him with like his light blue eyes and everything, you're like, "Oh, I get why this guy's famous." Like this guy, I get he just radiates this energy where you're like, "What the hell is this? Are you like an alien?" Like I he just he took my whole nerves and just ripped it out and was like you just go go be you and I, so i i'm appreciative um um of, and he's okay. right though isn't he about comedy like you put in you quit your job you put thousands of hours into this yeah. nightclub situation you're standing at the door you're burning the candle at both ends and you know he's right he's anything right. you've you've done already you've done all your prep work you're that's yeah. it and then the thing is, too, like with just being a stand up comic is where, you know, we're masochists in a way. So I felt great. I uh, it was amazing. I just felt awesome. My family was there. My mom and dad were there. My stepmom was there. All the people I needed to be were there. It just felt awesome. And I'm like, you know what? I feel so good right now that I need to ruin this.
immediately, and I need to go downtown to this place called the Village Lantern on Bleecker Street, where we always do open mics and these shows. And I said, I need to do the same exact set that I just felt so good with. I need to do it from five, for five people from Sweden that don't speak English and just bomb with this set in the suit. And Why? Why did you need to do that? I, it just at the, I wouldn't do that necessarily today, but back then, at that time, I was like, it it all you feel fraudulent. I think because there is no route to becoming a comedian. There's no objective measure. It's all subjective how people feel. So you feel a bit fraudulent. Of why am I actually? How did I actually get that show? What what was it other than being funny? Was it did my dad pay someone? Is it because of this or they wanted another Italian last name with Travolta? What is it? It's all you feel like a fraud. You go through that because there's no like you don't feel like a fraud when you make the NFL because you're like, I'm the best player. It's objective. I score the most points. I made the team where here you're like, there is no team. It's just there's many different ways to make it and why you make it. And it doesn't even making it isn't even defined. It doesn't. There is no right or wrong answer. You. It's like a feeling. So you feel this fraudulence. So I went down and I bombed with this set. And I was with my you know, uh, ex-girlfriend now, but girlfriend at the time. And we're coming out of the village uh, underground. And, you know, we're just going to go get a bite or something like that. And Tracy Morgan is just walking by. And I was like, what the hell? Trace, this, what a night. And then, you know, I don't know him, but my girlfriend at the time, she was like, oh, Tracy. She was like, Tracy Morgan. And he was like, what's up, baby girl? You look good with your toes painted like Skittles. He was like, I like that. He was like, yo, he was like, you got colorful feet. And I was like, yeah, yeah, she does. And then she goes, oh, this is my boyfriend, Chris. She goes, he just did David Letterman. And then he looks at me and he goes, I always knew you had it in you, motherfucker. I always knew you was that dude. And I said, Tracy, we never met. He goes, I'm telling you, bro, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud wow. of you. And I, and he starts getting like emotional. I said, Tracy, I appreciate all this, but I think you might be confusing me. You never met. He goes, you're the fucking man, dude. Never forget that. You the man. And then he, and he had no shirt on and he was wearing this big chain and he was like, just never forget, bro, that you the man. He goes, I love David Letterman, man. And he loves you too. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. And then he just walked away. And I was like, I almost felt like I was on fentanyl. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? Well, maybe what, what, what Tracy felt, you were part of the brotherhood now. In other words, he knows how hard it is to be a comic. And once you get on Letterman, it's a sign that maybe you're on your way. Right. So he wanted to acknowledge you in his own way. Maybe, maybe. that was it. Well, but or, I don't know that or because then I did get a chance to open from about a year later. And I told him that story and he went, I don't remember. So right. there's also that hey, part. I was reading an article just this morning and it basically said, comedian the headline was comedians only care about the joke mm -hmm. the implication being that if you're in a relationship with a comedian or you you know you know a comedian that there really isn't anything that, even if they're lecturing you about the world situation or doing some sort of political humor or something they only care about the joke is that true mm, i think maybe to some uh for me, I, I think that, you know, um, I like I did comedy. I do. Com I was never a comedy um, historian or aficionado. I don't know. Like when I got to comedy, uh, I kind of felt like, man, all these other comedians, they know 
everybody's specials. They know all the albums. They know about George Carlin. They listen. And I never did that. I would, you know, watch the History Channel and sometimes, you know, on the Friday night, like watch a Jay Leno's monologue and then fall asleep. I, I didn't know anything. I, I started comedy as a defense mechanism, sense of humor, because my mom and dad were divorced. And my dad used to call me every night. And my mom would say, you know, honey, dad's on the phone and i would start to cry when i was a little kid i would just immediately start to cry i couldn't even control it i would just tears would come down because i missed him so much and 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 but my dad being the tough guy that he is i knew that i couldn't let him know i was crying so my when i was walking from my bedroom to the kitchen where my mom had the phone i would be thinking in my head how can i make this guy laugh how can i make this guy laugh and kind of show him that i'm not crying and mask my real emotions and i would come up with some you know little kid you know hack joke whatever and my dad would you know laugh or sometimes he would say that's not funny do better which is nice and yeah. and, and as a little kid you know it's nice to have get an a honest parent yeah get a heckle yeah. and yeah. so and so for me comedy it, it, it always came from a place of i talk about things that actually hurt me and I, but i masked them like i talk about my dad so much in my stand-up act and i've you know made him this at times larger than life character and of course like you know embellish facts and all that you know make it funny but it's really because it's like well i just missed my dad and sometimes i fill in the blanks of the times that he wasn't there because my parents were divorced with these things that would happen or not happen and you know i think for me it's not always you know it depends like why you do comedy i will say through podcasting though and just talking all the time i have gotten into situations where i've divulged too much personal information about my family or i've made a joke at someone's expense that you know you forget that you're talking to all these people like even right. now you know you forget that you you know you think it's just us and then it's like you know you'll get a text message like why the hell would you say that and i'm like you don't mm. even remember what you said I'm like, I blacked right. out up there. I'm just doing, I'm just in the zone performing. I blacked out. I didn't know. And, and so I try now to just think about, you know, try to just think of, just for a split second before I speak where I used to just be like, I just got to go. Any, I got to say whatever. And now I'm, I don't think like that anymore. So I wouldn't say it's all about the joke as much as it used to be for me. You know, it's so weird. Every guy I know, I mean, for myself. I knew at five years old I had to be on the radio and I wanted to make people laugh. I, 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 um, talked to every comedian. They all had this fantasy when they were a kid. They want to be on stage. You are a complete anomaly. You didn't have this fantasy. You didn't have the dream. You didn't sit there and worship George Carlin and all these other people. You, you were aware of them, maybe. But then at 27 to suddenly decide I'm going to go be a stand up comic. Where the hell does that come from, man? It's so weird. Well, I I think I, I started stand-up comedy for two very, very, very specific goals that I wrote down when I was 27, and I still have the piece of paper. They're very specific. The two things I always wanted to do was sell out or perform at Madison Square Garden, the real Madison Square, the arena, you know, right. the upstairs, because that's where my father used to take me to basketball games and we would bond and talk. So I was like, it'd be cool for me to perform here one day because by that time I knew I wasn't going to make the NBA. So I said, Mass Square Garden, and then to write a sitcom about my father and my relationship with my father because I loved Everybody Loves Raymond and Ray Romano. And so I was like, I want that because I love the relationship he had with his dad on the show. And those were the very 
like laser focused goals. And I'm telling you, if I'm fortunate enough to get those goals, I don't know, but I would feel fulfilled and I could go back to physical therapy. Maybe I wouldn't, but I'm just saying like, I never felt this. If I don't make it, or I never felt this, I got to be the best to ever do it. I always felt like what a chore that must be to be the best to ever do it. You got to deal with, there's so much to deal with. I, I love my kids. I got three kids. I love being in my kids' life. I, you know, I love, you know, my family. And I'm like, I I just have those two laser specific goals, which I am getting close to now. I am getting close to the garden. I am getting close to the sitcom, you know, anything can happen, but it's the closest I've ever been. And I am having this little um, thing in my head where I'm like, wow, if I get that, are there new goals I could make for myself? Because I, st- again, I didn't have the dream from when I was a little kid. I thought I was going to be a history teacher. I thought yeah, I was going to be you- a gay history teacher. And I'm a straight, yeah. stand- <laughs> straight stand-up comic. You write, you write every day? You write comedy every day? Um, every day. I wouldn't say I write every day, but every day I'm talking into my phone voice notes. And every day I'm thinking about comedy every day the rule i try to have for myself is every day give your brain to comedy whether it be a podcast or writing or something comedy related for at least 10 minutes and if that 10 minutes will turn into two hours so be it if it's only the 10 minutes it's all about momentum and keeping the ball rolling smart again going back to the to the effort not the outcome that's smart because you know once you start if you say 10 minutes you will go longer oh you know that yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you write, you do the whole, uh, like, like Jerry Seinfeld talks about a legal pad, takes it out, sits there, writes longhand and just writes every day something. No. So, so Jerry Seinfeld is like, he, he would be like the exact opposite of like how my comedic brain, um, works. He, he writes it all down, edits it. And obviously is a joke assassin. I personally think the best to ever do it with that. And, and my brain is more, I will write down, you know, a couple of, a couple of words like, you know, tell Bin Fung story. And then I'll just right. kind of tell it different, try to tell it a little different each time. And I try to, to feel it out. Um, but, but that's the beauty I think about comedy is I'm literally like polar opposite my style of a Jerry Seinfeld. And in the middle of the pandemic, maybe the first month of the pandemic, out of nowhere, I get a, a random call from a 917 number. And I pick it up and he goes, hey, uh, can I speak to Chris? I said, yes, Chris. He goes, hey, it's Jerry. And and I was like, Jerry? He goes, yeah, it's Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld. And I was like, that's, I thought it was somebody like, you know, from SNL. I thought it was like a friend of mine impersonating because it sounded just like Jerry Seinfeld. I'm like, this is you right. know, my friend Dan Soder or somebody who's like can become a chameleon. And he goes, no, it's Jerry Seinfeld. Colin Quinn gave me your number because Colin Quinn was like a mentor of mine, you know, being from the same area and kind of Colin has shown me nothing but love from the beginning. And Colin, he said, Colin gave me your number. And I was like, holy shit. So I sit down. I'm like, now I'm like, I'm on the phone with Jerry Seinfeld right now. And he goes, listen, I just, you know, I know it's pandemic. I know who knows when the hell we're getting out of this shit. He goes, but you know, I just was watching your comedy online. And he goes, you know, you really are like a five tool player, man. He was like, you got the goods. He said, so I, I'm not the fairy godmother. I don't know. He goes, I've went relatively far in this career. I was like, yeah, I'd say so. He was like, just know that sometimes in comedy, because there's no clear cut path, you, you're walking down. I'll never forget. He said, you're walking like up this mountain 
and you don't know if you're going the right way, you get all messed up. You don't know if you're going the right way or am, am I following my gut? Is it leading me astray? He said, again, I've went far in this business. I'm just here to tell you, like, think of me as like a marker to say you're going the right way. Whatever you're doing is wow. right. So just keep going. And he was like, and just keep doing what you're doing. And he was like, try to curse less. That's my only advice. Try to curse less. Um, and, uh, and he, and he said to me, <laughs> he says, you know, and text me, text me anytime you want to work on jokes, text me, text me whenever you want. And we'll, we'll have a running dialogue here and I'll help you out. And then I, you know, I waited two days, three days to try to think of the perfect joke to text him. I texted him, you know, no, no response. So right away, <laughs> nice bomb for Seinfeld, but yeah. Well, first of all, what a lovely phone call to get. That's yeah. number one. I think that's terrific, and I think that's nice of Jerry to do. Jerry is uh, very generous that way. He he, uh, he once took me out to dinner and uh, said, um, let's talk about what, what your future in radio is. In other words, are you going to sign another contract? And I started to bring up stuff. I said, well, what about you? He goes, none about me. You. What about you? Yeah. What are you going to do? Let's stick to you. And I thought that was pretty fucking remarkable mm-hmm. for somebody to take the time to do it. So I admire that. Why, you know, maybe Jerry, for some reason, didn't get the text or I don't know how that all works, but I think he'd be the kind of guy to work on the joke with you. No, what yeah. was the joke he sent to you, know? I, I completely forgot. forgot. And, and I yeah. definitely think that also what happened was is when I, I sent that, I sent that text and I think that I was like in airplane mode or something because it never, it did. I don't think that it ever went through either because then when I saw him, um, this is three years later, I saw him. And he came right up to me. He was like, Christopher. He was like, I like the hair. I was like, oh, thanks. And then he shook. And it was funny because I was standing with all comics. We were actually at Colin Quinn's debut of his one man show. And there's a bunch of comics there. And we're all just standing, you know, waiting. And Jerry walks in. And obviously, you know, when Jerry walks in, it's big deal. And, right. and, and he walks in. I, again, I wasn't going to say anything because I was like, you know, that was a nice call to get. But who knows? I'm, maybe there's a few guys he called that day. And, and, and so, and he comes around. He goes, Christopher. He goes, like the hair, and he shakes my hand. He goes, keep going. Remember what I told you, keep going. And I said, absolutely. And then one of the comics grabs my hand and smells it. He's like, Jerry's <laughs> hand. And then he didn't realize Jerry had turned around because he thought I said something. And he sees yeah. this comic who idolizes Jerry Seinfeld just smelling his hand. And Jerry just went, ugh. And walked down the stairs. <laughs> and I That's was like, insane. yes. Oh, my God. Did you... You know, with your looks and stuff and, and comedy, you ever uh, auditioned for a Saturday Night Live at, at some point or that wasn't interesting to you? No, it was very interesting to me. I, I almost feel, you know, it's interesting. Out of all the things that I could say I accomplished and that I am very proud of in my career, the one thing like in New York, like the New York things to do as a comic, one of them, honestly, being on Howard Stern, so that I really appreciate this. And the second big New York thing, other than outside of David Letterman, which I got, the second thing I never got was not even an audition for SNL, not even a sniff, nothing. At least if I auditioned and you bomb in front of Lauren Michaels and you don't get it, you're like, well, that story, a lot of guys have that story. And then, you know, Jim Carrey didn't get SNL and look at him. I didn't even get a sniff. They were like, you wow. are not our cup of tea, which at some point you got to just accept. Now the only hope would be if I could get myself in a position to maybe one day host it or, you know, be in a sketch or something. Yeah, you're too big now. You're selling out too many uh, big, uh, you know, big theaters to uh, go on Saturday Night Live as a cast member. Maybe a couple of years ago that would have been meaningful to you, but now at this point, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I would, I would appreciate, you know, I would, I would, I, I would appreciate and consider it. But yeah, I think, you know, I think if I was single and had no kids, I would say, you know, why the hell not do it? But you know, when you when you're doing comedy with a family, you know, you got to protect your time and you got to protect yeah. the amount of money you can make because you know. I feel like I chose this career, so if I'm going to bring my my daughters into it, it's got to be worth it. Because if it's not, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know try to live my dream and fail and then ruin their life. So it's like I I want to protect I want to protect yeah, all that. That's hard because yep. you know, man, doing comedy it's it's really it it sucks up every bit of your energy. I mean, to make time for your family is tough. It's a it's a really difficult yeah. career. Did you write? Have you written the sitcom yet? You said your goal is to, to have you sat down and written that sitcom about you and your father? Yes. So I actually had a CBS sitcom pilot in uh, 2015. And it didn't get picked up. Um, and then during the pandemic, I illegally just uploaded it onto YouTube, which they told me they'd sue me over. But it's up there at my YouTube on Christy Comedy, if you want to see it. Uh, right. My unaired CBS pilot. Um, and I did it uh, with uh, Baze and Thomas, who created How I Met Your Mother. Great guys. Um, and, you know, we made the show. Uh, the pilot uh, filmed it. Chaz Palminteri played my father. Um, Annie Potts played my mother. Um Diane Guerrero played my uh, wife in the show, and it was a great opportunity, great time, but, you know, ultimately didn't get picked up. And it was interesting because it was one of those things, one of those moments where, like, I think having a child uh, or having a family outside of comedy really helped me because sometimes my peers, they don't have a family at all, and they just get wrapped up in the emotions of this business. But what happened was, is, you know, they, they picked the shows sometime around May of of that year that that's how that's how it works you, you film a, a pilot for a network you film it in you know january and then they'll make the decision sometime in may they'll pick up their fall schedule so i'm sitting on a plane going from san francisco back home to new york i had a gig out there and i see on my phone cbs announces fall lineup and i see oh. my show is not on there oh. so i'm saying oh my god you know like and i call my manager at the time and i say you know i just saw the news on deadline uh you know we didn't make it i'm like apologizing to them and they're like chris first of all don't stop they said but also they said we just got off the phone with cbs yes those shows are the fall but it's between your show and another show who's going to get picked up for the mid-season pickup Les Moonves is in there right now with the powers that be of CBS, and they are making that decision right now. So you are not out of the water yet. Keep the faith. So I, I said, I said, all right. So okay, we're not out of the game yet, which is almost worse because you're like, it'd be nice to just like, it's almost like when a team loses by one, it sucks. Like you most rather get blown out by a hundred. You knew it was over. So I'm sitting on that plane, and we're we're, we're taxiing. On the runway now, okay? And the flight attendant's like, sir, you need to put your phone in airplane mode. I was like, I, I, I am. Don't worry, I am. So now she's yelling at me. You need to put that phone in airplane mode. Like they were really serious, like screaming at me, like about to like stop the plane. Cause I was sitting up front and she could see, you know, she was in her jump seat. She was looking right at me. And now the plane is accelerating, like that acceleration where it's about to take off. And I'm looking at the phone cause my heart is like, you know, I'm so much stress and I see a text come up from the top. You didn't get it. Mm. And then with that, the acceleration of the plane goes up. My head hits the, the, you know, seat rest the back the headrest and i swear to god for about 
two, three hours, I was in like this catatonic state where I was asleep, where I was awake, but asleep. And I was like, I can't believe, like, I have to go back and tell my family that we just had this year of working on the show. I was back and forth to LA, missing so much time with my daughter, who was two at the time. I'm like, I, I can't believe I'm such a, like, I'm going to have to tell them. And I landed and I got home and I tell my, you know, girlfriend and she's like, baby, don't worry about it. Like, where f- you, you do the next thing. Like, fine. But then I, I'm on the floor with my daughter and I'm like, baby, you know that show that daddy was leaving for? And I said, I didn't, I didn't get it. And I'm, I'm sorry. And she was like, Phew. I remember she took like a deep breath. She was sitting in her diaper. She's like, so does this mean you can't push me in the swing anymore? And I was like, no, of course I can push you in the swing. I can push you in the swing right now. She was like, so let's go on the swing. And right. it was one of those things where she, just a two-year-old, kind of made me realize how bullshit everything else is. How that's all made up. That's all bullshit. Who cares about the show? It, does, it was never about the show. It was about the journey of meeting the people. It was about the effort, not the outcome. Who cares? It was, do you it was, understand now why they didn't pick it up, or do you think they were wrong? Well, I mean, I, I, no. I mean, I, first of all, they had me in khaki pants, and they had Chaz Palminteri in cargo shorts. So that's <laughs> not that's probably it. what I would wear, and that's not what Chaz would wear. Um, right. and, and then I also think that, you know, it just wasn't my time. And I think, you know what a big thing is? I think that, um, you know, at that point in my career, I really, really felt like I needed them so much more than they needed me. And because I thought it would be an arrogant thing to think that they actually needed me. But but now I realize that if I was able to able to get that opportunity again, I would feel like I'm happy with where my career is. I'm happy with controlling my effort and I would want to do I'm can be collaborative. I understand that egos get in the way and I don't want to be this guy that's like, it's my way or the highway. I, I can definitely work with people, but I would Stick to my gut and say, I'm not wearing khaki pants and my father's not wearing cargo shorts. I just put my foot down and kind of play that game because I think you have to kind of approach this entertainment business like nothing's going to make me. Nothing's going to break me. I'm just going to be in the moment and have fun because in other words, don't you're right. At that point, you're being a little too collaborative. You had a vision for this thing, but it's hard time when you first get a gig like that where you got a shot at your sitcom. Right. You know, you, you, you acquiesce on certain things, but uh, yeah. you shouldn't really. The, you're the creative and not, yeah. and not these uh, suits. Yeah. Yeah, now, no, now like, true. you know, I just had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago to, uh, you know, I might be doing a stand up special on uh, a network where nobody's ever done a stand-up special. And it was like this big deal. My agent was like, hey, th- those people are going to be there. Those people, are executives are going to be there. This is a big shot because with the oversaturation of stand-up and stand-up specials, the only real shot you got for people to see it, other than being a humongous star a la Kevin Hart, is... Yeah. You got to be the first to something. That's the way it works now. You got to be the first and you got to do it a little different. So I was like, my age was like, this is a big opportunity for you. So just stick to your script. Do your material. Just that's what they want to see. So I go out there We're in California. The executives are there. And this was two weeks ago. And again, my agent's in there being like, do not, Chris, don't fuck around. Just do your jokes. Just stick to the script. I'm like, all right. So 
It's two weeks, two weeks ago when, you know, obviously this Israel-Palestine conflict was just started, right? And it was the day after, the, you know, when, when uh, uh, they said that there was a World Jihad Day. Remember, there was that Friday everyone was yeah. nervous. The World <laughs> yeah. Jihad Day. So <laughs> I go right out there and I go, um, and I go, listen, I know that, you know, it's World Jihad Day yesterday, you know, surviving, thank God. I said, forget about that. Let's have some jihadahs bombed right <laughs> fucking bombed and then i go and then i go just bombed and then i go sorry guys i'm just being a homosexual fucking bombed, <laughs> fucking bombed again oh and, my God. and then i just started doing my set fucking around and i straight up said i said I, that's just fucking bombed i got executives here who gives a shit we're having fun <laughs> and, yeah. and then you know believe it or not billy gardell from mike and molly was there and billy gardell unbelievable guy if i don't know if you had the chance to interview him or if any of you guys know him billy gardell unbelievable great 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 guy the first time i met him was this day because i heard somebody laughing hard at the homosexual the only guy <laughs> in the corner I, you heard him hitting the thing and i yeah. said I, I don't know who the hell that is and then right. i'm in the green room and then billy walks in and he goes huh. he, he goes hey billy gardell i said hey hey what's up he goes let me tell you something right now he goes, I know who's here to see you. He goes, let me tell you something right now. He goes, what you just did, he goes, here's why it was great. You just told them, because they think who they are, you just told them, I don't give a fuck about you or your network. I'm going up there doing jihaha jokes immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I'm saying, fuck you. He goes, and that's right. why I believe you're going to get it. And he said, you keep that attitude. You keep that energy. That's, that's the key to this career. Who gives a fuck? You just do you, and you're in control always. And then he just shook my hand. He was like, take my number. You text me. You ever want to talk about anything? He goes, I I've been in this game a long time. But he was like, good shit. He was like, that was great. Oh, so I, I love like, that story. Wow. And how appropriate to bomb on World Jihad Day. That's what I did. Bombing. <laughs> yeah. 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 And hey, I'm sure you've thought of this, but Jihaha would be a great name for a comedy club in Gaza. I'm I sure just, that... Uh, <laughs> I know. thought I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was gold going out there, and then it's just a nice fat one. <laughs> uh, I wish I'd been in the room for that. I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah. Well, listen. Now you're about to realize your dream. Yes. You're going to play a fucked up game for sure. It's called What's My Freaky Fetish. Love it. And you're going to work with two superstars. Number one, Robin <laughs> Quivers. She's my superstar. And number two, you're going to work with Ronald J. Mund. Who uh, just got married? You know Ronnie. I mean, of course, he's he's he's, he's unbelievable. Now we're going to play he's the a game. Fetish genius, I guess. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a little break. And by the way, it's a pleasure meeting you. Now I got to now I got to see your set. I got to see I got to see what you do, man. Oh, I got to I got to. I mean, what a what a story you've got, man. Uh, I don't think I know. Yeah, I don't think I know anybody else who started comedy at twenty-seven. Maybe Gary Shandling did. Maybe David Brenner did. I think if I think back, yeah, uh, Brenner used I to be. I know David the, uh, had a. You know, he was a teacher, right? Before he went into Brenner, comedy, so he had this other career. Yeah. Now he was like a. Um, he was like in advertising or something, but but uh, I don't remember. I don't but know. like most comics, I think he was a teacher. Amazing story. Thank I'll you. tell you, if I ever learn how to pronounce your last name, man, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> now Chris, it's DeStefano, it. okay, right? Oh, That's nice, it. Robin. DeStefano. DeStefano. Yes, Robin nailed it. Yes. Okay. Duh. Okay. Duh, I, Duh I, Stefano. I, 
Duh, Stefano. Yep. Why is that so hard for me? I'm like, I'm like an idiot. I, I don't know. Like there was a great comedian when I first started. His name was Mike DiStefano and he, he passed away. Um, and you know, in the beginning when I first, you know, started, I was, you know, getting, I, I had to deal with all this stuff, you know, from the Colin Quinns and the, Jim Norton's of the world, those guys, those great comics, be like, you know, I wish fucking you died and Mike lived. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of, uh, a lot of good feelings going yeah, around. Yeah, just sitting there getting shit on, but it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and you came up like uh, I don't even know who the hell you came up with, you know? Me, like the Jerry's, yeah, yeah. I, I came. Me, my comics were like, you know. Michael Che, Pete Davidson, Mark Norman, Sam Morrill. These are like the, like Hassan Minaj. Those, those were the guys like when I was, when we were all like kind of, uh, in that same kind of class. Nikki Glazer was another one. Michael Che, but he's, he's got a great comedy mind. Were you jealous when he got Saturday Night Live? When, when you see those guys start to like, it's hard, right? When you see one of the guys who are your contemporaries, and then, like, Pete Davidson explodes, and he's banging Ariana Grande and everybody. I mean, it's, is it like, do you start to feel, oh, shit, you know, those guys are going fast, like on a rocket ship, and I'm not going fast enough. Do you start to get competitive? Yeah, it start, it, it definitely, yeah. definitely more so in the beginning. You start to feel like it's, it's not, cause again, you know, like the, there's almost like an inherit, kind of narcissism to even do stand-up where you're like look at me everyone look at me as much as you try to talk yourself out of it there is something there different reasons why you're doing it but but i think in the beginning because you'd be like not necessarily about them you make it all about you you're like how much do i suck here that i'm not even getting an opportunity and these guys are getting all this and then it makes you think well they're not fine but now i realize you're not we're actually not in competition that's the that's the that's this you know the lie of this it's like i i'm there's you're you're only ever competing with yourself so i i understand that now back then though yeah you would be like because i remember when i saw that pete got snl i was in the doctor getting a wart removed and he had the tv (laughs) on so I'm like, I'm yeah. here getting a fucking wart removed, and this guy's on SNL, and it makes you feel like yeah. a wart. Oh, God. What a, I, I tell you, man, everybody's got a story. Yours is great. Thank you. Um, so let, let me do this. I'm going to take a break. I'll freshen up for the big game. Let's see how good you guys are. One of you has to try, at least, to come close to what this guy's secret is. And then once you find out his secret, you're going to throw up, because I That's did. what I was going to say. I'll throw up. <laughs> But okay, Robin, Ronnie, and Chris will play next. Can't I want to thank and, and uh, Chris. What can I plug? Anything? Uh, Chris is currently touring all over the country. Just check out his website, chrisdcomedy.com, for all the details and go, and go see this guy. He's he's on fire. He's selling out clubs all over, like clubs, fucking Radio City Music Hall all over the place. Yeah. Um, hey, this is a good song, Michael Penn. No man. Always loved it. So she says it's time she goes. Well, it is time to play Freaky Fetish. I got Robin here. Oh, here's the song. What's my freak? 
good song. Better than the original. I'm looking at you, Chris. You know, you kind of look like Bradley Cooper. Did anybody ever tell you that? Really? I looked up for a second. I went, is that Bradley sitting on the couch? That's not a bad dude to look like. There you go. I might be in love with you. Dude, let's hang out. <laughs> let's hang out, man. Let's see what happens. Why the hell not? Uh, anyway, on playing Freaky Fred. First of all, Chris is a good guy to play with Robin and Ronnie. Robin is good to play with because she's fun to play with. Ronnie's good to play this game because Ronnie's a freak in his own way. And Chris, quite frankly, is sort of a freak. You've had, first of all, I should inform you that Chris, didn't you date a woman who liked to urinate on you or something? What was that whole thing? Yeah, she used to, she used to like to just piss on me. She liked to specifically piss in my belly button. Um, and I've had, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a mixed bag. Thank you, Ronnie. I'm a mixed bag um, of stuff because, you know, a lot of my girlfriends think I'm gay a lot of times. I'm not. But a lot of I've, I've you know, I was in. Why do they think that? In other words, because you have trouble getting it up? Or, no. Or, no. 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 The thing it's up. I think that, you know, I, I think that I've had, you know, I've said, you know, I, I have I, I have sex with women. But I fall in love with men. I think I like to talk to a guy about World War II and George Washington, and that gets me nice and stiff. And then I'll go have sex with a woman and just imagine it was the guy. So I, it might be gay in my mind. Like I, I, I was engaged, and then girl, we called it off because we, we, we were hanging out, you know. And for the first time, she went down on me. We were dating, and then she slipped a tongue in the ass, which doesn't very happen very often. Slipped a tongue in the ass, and then two licks, bang, bang. I shot a load. Right off the ceiling, and and she starts looking at me. She's looking at me. She's hysterical, crying. I said, "Why are you crying?" She said, "This confirms you're gay." And I was like, "Oh!" And called it all what? off. Really? Wow. Are you serious? That's yeah. a serious story. That's a serious wow. story. She, she really, I told you deep in my neighborhood, these people. They, you know, if you're not, if you're not working on cars, if you're not a cop, if you haven't lost a limb in a war. You're gay. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ronnie, Ronnie's all man, but he enjoys uh, being pegged. You know what that is? They stick sure. things in his ass. Stick his girlfriend things. sticks, his wife now sticks things in his ass. He loves it. And you like that. Right, Ron? Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. But yeah, this no girl problem. would pee, this pee, this girl wanted to pee in your belly button. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and you allowed it? Did you try it? I allowed it once. I allowed it once. Didn't love it. Um, right. so I just kind of would just, you know, cause then it, what does it do? Then the piss just sits there. How do you get up? I, I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. What do you do after? <laughs> she was, you know, what's another thing. She you liked, do that on the bed. Yeah. On the bed. We would do that on, on the, the bed. bed. Wow. And then she also just loved to let the piss sit. She never wanted me to flush my piss and she never flushed her piss. Shit. You have to flush, oh. but she likes sitting piss. It would turn her on. You mean to tell me like, let's say you'd pee in the toilet. Yeah. Cause you know, you, you're hanging out. She'd say to you, don't flush that pee. She, not immediately, but as the relationship went on, she used to ask me, she said, hey, you know, you don't have to flush your pee. And I'd be like, oh. all right. Because, you know, she would say initially, she was like, you know, it's fine. We want to conserve water. But then I realized right. she was turning her on. Wow. She liked that the smell. Such, that's, yeah. I guess, yes. That's, wow. Ronnie, you know about that's this? That's our expert. That's our there, expert. I told you he's an expert. <laughs> he really is. I, I mean, that is so freaky to me. And... um and the other thing was too, there was some other fucking weird thing that, that somebody got into with, oh, your favorite porn. And, and tell, maybe this is just a joke. No, Chris's it's not. favorite porn search is chubby Indian women. All day, chubby Indian milfs. That's what I roll to. 
Are you serious? I'm a new porn or on uh, a Pornhub? Pornhub. I'm a big Pornhub guy. Got the private browser now, you know, with the kids and everything. So, so we, right. so Pornhub, chubby Indian milfs. And unfortunately, my, you know, beautiful girlfriend did see that a couple of years ago. So now, you know, we'll, we can't go to Indian restaurants anymore. And, um, and, and, you know, you could see some chubby Indian woman sitting at an airport and she's, you know, you'd think there's no way anyone's looking at that woman, but I am. And she is, is your girl a heavy set because you enjoy that. No, my girlfriend's a beautiful uh, Puerto Rican girl, Puerto Rican girl, wow. you know, you know, kind of like beautiful body, like exactly what you want. Voluptuous Latina. Um, right. But I like I like a plump Indian woman. Wow. Pussies, right? Huh? They're big hairy pussies. I love hairy pussy. Yeah. And, and one of my boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my boys from the neighborhood, we call him Pete down the street. He used to call me Chrissy Calcutta because he fucking knew I liked the Indian stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Have you ever been with an Indian woman who was plump? I mean, oh. Uh, have you? Oh, you have. Oh, my God. It used to be just exclusively. That's what I would search for. Wow. There's, a, there's on Avenue A and East 6th Street down here, there's a little India, about a two block radius of just Indian restaurants. And then there's another one over on Lexington in Midtown. And I would be walking up and down those blocks like a crack fiend. I mean, I would just sit on the stoop sometimes and just wait for somebody to come out. Wow. Start talking to them, invite them to comedy shows, whatever we could do. So why don't you hook up with, why don't you uh, get engaged to a, a beautiful, a plump Indian woman? I mean, uh, th what is going on? Why not fulfill your dream? Well, in fairness, in fairness to my girlfriend, she does, she could pass for Indian. She's exotic looking. She's Puerto Rican. Right. So when I met her, yeah. I didn't know what she necessarily was. And we, things got hot and heavy with us so quick that we actually conceived our baby on the first date. So, what? yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm oh. one of those. I got an eight-year-old daughter that was conceived day one, and we're still, to, you know, you think that those stories never work. Well, it worked. And we got... The first time you had sex with your girlfriend, no rubber, nothing, you zero. go in, boom, and that's it. She gets uh, pregnant, and you've been together ever since. That's it. I go hard or go home. And I did not pull out. I let it fly. <laughs> and, yeah, we have this beautiful... We have the baby. And then, and then we broke up. Uh, you know, we started co-parenting and we're not together at all for two years. Right. She had another relationship. I was dating around, not together at all. Then the pandemic happens. So and our oldest daughter got sick in the beginning, did thought maybe she could have had early stages COVID. The doctors didn't know. So they said the doctor said, look, we have no information on this. So you two got to live together for a week or two because you can't be out there bringing germs from God knows where you got to just stay in one place and order food. So I slept on the couch. Good boy. And then. We got, when she started to feel better, we had a couple of glasses of wine one night. Next thing you know, we have sex again, pregnant again. That's my second daughter. And now we're back oh together again. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. What? Uh, so, in other words, you're perfect for this game because you make no judgments about fetishes. You know, you have fetishes. Uh, you, you, you're, you're okay with fetishes. Is that correct? Zero problem at all. I think if people want to live, do whatever the hell, as long as it's got nothing to do with kids, Stick right. whatever you want in your ass, shit in your eyelids. I'm game for it as long as there's no kids. Right. Okay. Yeah. I feel the same way. Amen. Yeah. All right. You're perfect for this game. Yeah. I tell you, you're my kind of guy. I like what's going on. Look at this guy, Chris. If I could only say his last name. Chris DiStefano. I said it. I said it. That's it. No. Oh, DiStefano. Robin got it. Oh. 
<laughs> I'll work with you after the show. I appreciate it. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Thank All you. right, Ronnie, you're perfect for this game. Robin, you're perfect for this game. So let's play the I'm game. Not I perfect forget. for this game. Let me make you clear. Are. No, because you'll be so disgusted when you hear about this guy that, that's playing. He's he's hardcore. All right, so is are everyone we ready see to play this person? Yes, let's play. What's my freaky fetish? Time to meet our contestant. This is our freaky fetisher. He is a fifty-six-year-old computer programmer. Okay. You might not think it looking at him, but he's into some really hardcore stuff. As I said, many people will have to turn off the radio. But say hello to Frank. Hey, Frank. Ah. That's Frank Howdy. right there. Frank, what up? Howdy. How are what's you, pal? behind I'm... you? Wait a minute. I got to. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't Is want. I don't want. I don't want Frank to say too much because you guys can ask him questions. You're going to ask him yes or no questions, and you're going to try to guess his freaky fetish. Frank looks like a regular guy. Really does. So here's how the game is played. Frank, as we know, has a freaky fetish. Our our esteemed panel will be asking yes or no questions to guess the phrase that describes Frank's secret. And John Hine is standing by as the official judge. That's how serious we're taking this game. That's right. Okay. Uh, Robin, Ronnie, and Chris, each of you will take turns asking Frank questions until you get a no answer. And then we move on to the next panelist. If you think you have the fetish figured out, you can take a guess at any time during your turn. This is exciting. Is it not? You know, I would say Ronnie should go first. I think uh, so. Yeah, because Ronnie's a freak, and Ronnie knows <laughs> sex. He's a sex expert. He really is. The guy still bangs like crazy. He's an older gentleman, and yet he uh, he has a young wife. He 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 takes things in his ass. He uh, didn't he, they do it five times last week or something? Hey. Last week, Ronnie had sex how many times? Five times. Is Robin right? Yeah, five out of seven days. Wow. Unbelievable. And he's no spring chicken. So, Ronnie, why don't you uh, ask until you get a no answer? Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, Frank, being uh, that it's cocktober, does, does your fetish have anything to do with your cock? It does have, it does have uh, things to do with my cock. That's a yes. Um, and your balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes and no, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, 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 it may have yes. at one time. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> um, does it You're involve. Doing well, Ronnie. You're doing well. Does it, does yeah. it involve a female? It can. Hmm. So, always. But it could be a female or a male? Yes. Mm. Very good, Ron. Mm. <laughs> By the way, I do have to mention this, that Frank is in a Hamas tunnel hiding, as you can see. I was going to say, yeah. I don't know what what's going on. Go <laughs> what the fuck is going him? on there? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> Fra Fra Frank is in the closet like me. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> Uh, Frank is Frank will see. explain, but but let's let's continue. Ronnie, you're Let's on a roll. So game. far, yes. Ronnie so, got so three yeses. You, so does your does your fetish have to do with coming on something or someone? Uh, well, I do enjoy that. It's uh, it's uh, not. This doesn't directly have to do with my freaky fetish now. Yeah, it would be a no. It doesn't have to do with 
the cum, Ronnie. So uh, we're gonna well, we're gonna say that's no. a no. Okay. All right. Let's go to Chris. We'll uh, okay. see how well he can do. He's, he's a bit of a freak himself. He's been involved with some urine play. He uh, <laughs> he, he has a uh, porn fetish, though. This is good. Go ahead, Chris. Hello, Frank. So, as Howard mentioned, I'm, that's that's what I'd like to start off with here. Is does it involve urine? It does not involve urine. Fuck. Ooh. Right no, away. I blew and, it ooh, immediately. I did much better. Uh, Robin, go ahead. Show them how it's done, please. Here's Rob. I don't know. Um, <laughs> does it involve someone doing something to you or you doing something? Uh, uh, yes or yeah, no someone question. Someone doing something to you. Yes, it does involve someone doing something to me, yeah. That is a yes, Rob. Okay. Continue, I please. Have no idea where to ask next. Okay. Um, and Half the fun, Robin, is hearing yes. what you're going to ask because God knows what you imagine. Poor Frank is up to. <laughs> is what they do painful? Uh, yes. Mm. Mm. Ooh. Uh, you've gotten two yeses. Continue, okay. please. Are they putting something in your penis? Sometimes. Wow. But that's a yes. Directly. I'll give you a yes on that, too. Huh. Okay. Um, mm. Robin is getting very warm. Does it involve... Uh, yeah. Is it hygienic? <laughs> Uh, often. <laughs> uh, yes. I don't even know how to answer that. I guess that's a yes, too. You know, it's like, hold on. We're in the middle of Robin's question. At the door. Oh, my God. It's Senator Mitt Romney. Uh, excuse me, Senator. We have no time for you because we're in the middle of Robin questioning Frank. Uh, well, uh, Howard, I'd like to uh, take a stab at guessing this gentleman's fetish. Go ahead. Uh, it's uh, So it's very freaky, is it? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, do you and your partner hold hands in public? That would be very taboo. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, oh, I'm doing well. Uh, do you split a single milkshake with two straws? <laughs> Senator, this is way more hardcore than you're guessing. I don't know what you're doing here. You're in the middle. Have, oh, oh, so it's, it's a little more, uh, on the freaky side. Okay. I'll try again. Uh, do you like to come in jars and mail them to celebrities? <laughs> uh, uh, do you plate yourself anally with a cattle prod? All right. Thank you. Thank you. you? Oh, Robin, okay. we're in the middle of your, uh, question. Yeah. Very warm. Yes. You're doing very well. Yeah. <laughs> Is the ass involved? Uh, no, not in this particular. Oh, Robin. It's Senator right. Romney interrupted your flow. and I, I and, know, uh, and, and yeah. threw me off. That's a no. I, I would turn over all the cards, but Ronnie looks like he might be onto something. Go ahead, Ronnie. Take a couple more guesses. <sighs> so it has to do with your penis, correct? And that's correct, yes. And it has to do with inserting something into your penis, correct? It can, but it does not limit it to that. No. And it's going to make us sick. What is it? <laughs> Chris, you got any questions? Um, Ronnie's stumped, too. You're yeah, all stumped. Is it, you know, is it, do you like to 
Is it nails in your penis? Do you drill nails into your penis? I'm not a hardware guy. I don't know how to fix anything. So uh, it can it can involve involve nails, but not limited to that. Okay, so it can involve nails, um, and it's only it's not. You're saying it's not only in your penis. This fetish, correct. It can be in your anus as well. Uh, no, 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 not the anus. Just oh shit. What do you call? What is, what is it, uh, Senator Romney? Uh, I, I'm sorry. I just want to keep guessing here. I, I'm, I'm very uh. compelled by this. Uh, do you have your lover shit in a plastic bag and then attach a frosting nozzle to it and apply the shit to your bare chest while you say, yum, yum, I'm a shitty little cupcake? <laughs> Just spitballing here. Uh, do you That's break into no. local zoos after hours and let various animals go buck wild on your juicy little asshole? <laughs> no, Senator. All right, you, you, okay. I feel you guys are very close, so I'm going to. And and it, wait a minute, there's a ahead, nail Robin. involved and other things. Yeah, go ahead, Robin. Put it all together. It is what? Um, what? D uh, Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Robin, uh, uh, you like to you like to nail your uh, scrotum to the wall. Uh, it can involve that, but it's not limited to nailing it's scrotum. called what insertion um i don't genital, know what the name of it is. genital mutilation that's it you got it oh, frank okay. is hardcore <laughs> into genital mutilation turn over all the cards i told it's... you i probably wouldn't know the name nice of dude whatever yeah really is. frank you should work for isis <laughs> i'm gonna tell you the yellow pie frank first of all let's let's uh, I, I feel the crew was very very warm they were doing well but let's tell people what the fuck is going on with you, because I almost passed out when I just heard about it. <laughs> Frank is an extreme cock and ball mutilation enthusiast. Listen to this. Oh, okay. Ugh. He's experimented with every type of CBT. What is that? Cock and ball torture. Oh, mutilation. Read about this. Yep. Testicle and crushing. So oh. Genital Did modification. And it's all leading to eventual castration. Wait a minute. Listen to this. What's the modification? Uh, which one? <laughs> Tell Go me. Go ahead. Let's many. talk Go about ahead. this. Give us a Let's list. talk about it. So, well, how'd you get into this, first of all? How old were you when you started torturing your cock and balls? I think I put a pin through... The skin of my penis when I was like maybe nine years old. Oh, that's her. Do you have? Oh, that's nothing. <laughs> do you do 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 you think that that um? Do you know why you do this? Have you ever gone to a shrink or anything like that? <laughs> well, I I I remember seeing a picture uh, in like a penta back of a penthouse magazine when I was very young of uh of a pierced nipple, and I thought, oh, that's fascinating. But I, you know, there's uh. I've had theories of like, I don't know, there was a time way back when I was little where I was playing with a, a neighbor, neighbor girl who was my age and um, the parents walked in and it was a terrifying event. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. There was some childhood event where there was a sexual, con uh, sexual exploration. Mm. Frank has a, I'm going to just fill you in and Wolfie, you can help me because Wolfie discovered you. You're his yeah, big discovery. Yeah. yeah. Frank has, listen to this, you guys. Frank has a body modification fetish. Frank had his scrotum opened up so that his testicles could be pulled out and skewered with hypodermic needles. Oh. 
wait a minute. Right, Wolfie? Where do you go to get that done? <laughs> <laughs> and that made you that made you come it's I, not it's not an it's it's a different uh different realm than than getting off that way it's uh it's uh mental and uh there's an endorphin rush there's a uh, the cool wind on my bare testicles you know that's all that all in a day's kind of enjoyment really you know are you circumcised i am yeah oh okay Here's did you what do you it says. yourself? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. Were, no, here it is. I did not. I did he, not do it. He got well. He said he felt like he was a frog in science class being dissected. Maybe that's the turn on. Do you like people being involved with you? Do you feel like you were a neglected yeah. kid? And yeah, it, well, and now that, you. <laughs> I don't necessarily feel neglected. I, I grew up with uh, with uh, brothers and sisters, and uh, but but I, I do. There there is a. A fascination with being dissected as if, a, you know, of the frog in science class, kind of that being opened up was a, a, an absolute thrill. Uh, you know, and- kids who don't get attention, I mean, who are really <laughs> deprived. Now, listen to me, Frank. I got a theory on you. Really deprived. Okay. Want to be explored and maybe seen in a way. Hmm. And this is the ultimate for you. People playing with your cock and balls and opening them up and really looking what? at you. Does it ever interfere with the function of the organs? It hasn't oh. yet. <laughs> well, wait a second. According to my notes here, you had your balls removed, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So now, they don't function want, anymore. Well, they, <laughs> they don't <laughs> You have to worry about do that. You, do, do you still get an erection? I do. I I I get a I get a testosterone injections, so I, I maintain. Uh, uh, healthy but, sex, sexual activity. But now with the balls removed, the castration, cause, you know, old school, like a eunuch, that's why the kings would castrate young boys so they wouldn't, you know, f- be mesmerized by the women. Do you find yourself not attracted to, like, not, you're not, you don't have that sexual impulse anymore? Well, no, I, I, cause I, cause the, the, the main thing the testicles provide for sexuality is testosterone. And, uh, oh. so I take, uh, synthetic testosterone, which actually is something you can kind of control and take more or less or. You look like a guy it, too. I had big, heavy nuts. So was that like, oh, uh, was yeah, that I mean, upsetting to lose them? Not upsetting. I mean, it was, it was, it's, it's way different. In fact, I, I highly recommend it. It's, uh, it's beautiful on a hot summer day. You don't have that big bag of nuts hanging, uh, in, right. in the way. So it's, uh, I'll consider it. You had a yeah, think about it, Chris. Do you uh, do you now again? I'm I'm jumping all over the notes because it's fascinating. You wanted a doctor to remove your balls. He wouldn't do it. So you went out and had somebody mutilate your balls so bad that he finally just said, "Yeah, your balls are in bad shape." Talk about that if you would. Yeah. So I I I, um after a long period of doing CBT and it's kind of a um. A partially mental kind of letting go of the of parts of the body to you know be able to cope with them being tortured i i guess in some way but i i i, I uh everything from uh skewering to alcohol injections the alcohol injections did a lot of damage to the testicles so they finally um did an ultrasound and and realized that they were pretty far gone so they so I, a doctor agreed to remove them you would inject alcohol into your balls yeah, I, yeah, yeah. What, like Bud Light? <laughs> no, not Bud Light. <laughs> not Bud He's Light. He's boycotting more, Bud Light. Uh, more, uh, more, uh, uh, uh. <laughs>
It was, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, isopropyl uh, alcohol or something? No, it's, 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 it's a consumable, uh, like, a uh, 190 proof, uh, um, what do they call that? It's a um, moonshine. Yeah, moonshine. <laughs> yeah, similar. It's Bacardi one fifty one. What were you fucking injected into your nuts? <laughs> was, uh, you're mostly <laughs> you're mostly into women, right? But sometimes dudes will mutilate you too. Yes. Yeah. There, there, there's some pretty uh, heavy duty. Um, I had some heavy duty uh, cock and ball torture at a at an event uh, by a, by a dude, as you say. I got to tell you. Even if my balls, like, if I, like, kind of flick my balls by accident or something, I go fucking nuts. I don't even want to go near my balls. I can't imagine the pain of somebody injecting into alcohol into your balls. I mean, the pain. Have you ever passed out from the pain? I have, I haven't, I have not passed out from pain. Although I was probably close. The, the, the dude at this event was uh, beating my testicles with a rubber hose. Mm. Oh, Howard, he, Frank told me he did so much damage to his balls. His testicles got varicose veins. So think about oh, yeah. that. He had giant oh, veins oh. And, oh. And, and eventually pulls the blood <laughs> in his nuts. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Jesus. Your <laughs> but you love look like it, my right? stepmother. Yeah. <laughs> Your stepmother did that to you? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but do you, can I ask you a question, Frank? Fascinating. Do you, when you're getting your, you know, nuts mutilated with the garden hose, um, or something like that, do you, do you kiss the guy on the lips? Are you guys kissing? I, I have kissed uh, a guy on the lips, but it's, it's hard when he's swinging that it's more of a, a, like an engine hose, kind of a hard, hard, uh, rubber, oh. um, uh, not a garden hose, although a garden hose could be like a radiator hose from a car. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like Stiffer and sorry, Stiffer. Yeah, but yeah, I like Frank, Chris, get it right. I, yeah, but Frank, I would start once up you, again. Once, once you get your, you used to love getting your balls beaten and everything. Now you've removed them. Do you miss getting your balls beaten? Yeah, and you know that's one of the drawbacks. That's probably the only thing I miss about them is the. Um, is that people can't beat them anymore? So it's you know that you you know that yeah, you that maybe think about that. And, I know Howard, I, maybe I should have planned further ahead. Howard, we're, yeah. we're talking a lot about the nuts. I think we should talk about the cock as well because Frank has done some some interesting things to his cock. What does it tell look me, like? That's what I want to know. Well, listen to this. Tell tell <laughs> Wolfie, give us an overview. What has Frank done to his cock? So over the course of a long period of time, Frank took uh, surgical scissors and started cutting his his penis in half mm. to eventually to the point where the whole thing is is, is split. <laughs> now he is he basically is like two penises when, when when you see a photo of it. It's it's fascinating. Frank, you can give more detail. You you, you did it. <laughs> Frank, that's well. I, crazy. Can, do you pee out of both penises, or what? What's going on? How could that be? <laughs> well, you know, you have to be careful at a urinal because you don't want it. To, it kind of goes sometimes either side. I tend to crowd the urinal a little bit so it doesn't uh, doesn't hit anyone else's shoes. But it, it uh, you know, you have to you have to be careful. But uh, but, but it Frank, does come out of the. When middle, I look so. at your cock, when I see like two slabs of meat hanging separately. It, it's not it's not that far like all the way to the base split fully um but it's uh the, the i have two heads and uh and it's uh and the, the underside is what they call a sub incision is Howard, uh, we, we uh, could show you we, we have pictures i i think you do I need to know. see let this. me take a vote uh, here robin can you handle i want to see it, it. You want to see it, Ron? I want to see this. I want to see it. Chris, you want to see that? I'm a medical professional. I'd like to see it. <laughs> I'm just wow. nuts. I want to see it. Well, before we see it, I got to tell you, 
I mean, I'll go along with the crowd. I don't want to be a party pooper, but, uh, geez, I'm like, uh, gee, I think I might throw up. All right, Frank, this is intense, dude. I'll see it. All right, put it up there. Let me see Frank's cock split in half. Oh! Oh, my God! Wow! Frank, hold back. I mean, you know, dude, Frank, it looks like you're, uh, Frank, it looks like you're hard in there too. All right. You can still get an erection with this testosterone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can yeah. both hard. heads go up? Holy oh, shit. My God. Very clean shave. And I will commend you on the manscape. Yeah. Very good. Two heads. What, what is your wife? What, what, what about your wife? Is she pissed off at you? Like, does she say, but this is ridiculous, Frank? Uh, she's, uh, it's, it's a, it's every day is a new uh, negotiation of, uh, I, I you know, I, I, she, I, there's safety concerns that she has, but, uh, yeah. but, well, I mean, what know. else could you do now? You cut your, your balls, you ripped your balls out, you cut your cock in half. <laughs> what else? What? There's nothing to worry about now. Where are you going Which with I, this, Frank? Well, I could continue splitting and so that I have two completely different, uh, you know, s- bifurcated, uh, completely, uh, Innovative. two shafts. Innovative. Yeah. What about cutting off your whole cock? I mean, that's something that I've considered, but it kind of, that would get in the way of, um, of, uh, intercourse, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look, it's already in my way. <laughs> wow. Wow, Frank, what do you think's going on? Do, 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 does anybody say any of Frank, this is crazy? Is there anybody intervening or is just like you're just doing your thing? And, and who cut your cock? Your wife your cock doesn't in half? say stop it. Did you cut your cock yourself? Um, I did, I did, uh, the cutting. I, I didn't do, I, I had my scrotum removed and my balls removed by a doctor, but, uh, mm. but I have done the cutting on my, on my penis, yes. Do, do, with what? What do you, uh, what you cut I, it with? Well, the, the underside, it's better to use, uh, surgical scissors because you can kind of, the, the urethra has, uh, several layers. Uh, there's the outer skin of the penis and the urethra. So it's easier to use scissors, but, uh, um, you have layers as the, well, uh, Frank. The, 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 the glands and the, and the shaft is better to use a scalpel. Do you, Holy shit. What do you do for suturing. a day job? <laughs> oh, I, I, well, I, I worked in IT for a while, but I, I do some, some work in a hospital. Do, uh, do people know, know, like your coworkers what? know you that you work have... in a hospital? Oh my god! Do they know? <laughs> well, that's good. That's how he has all his medical information. That's why he knows this stuff. They should keep him out of there. Frank, do you are you what? part of a community of people who all do this kind of thing, or are you just sort of a man on his own island? I'm definitely not a man. I, there's others others who uh, who uh, explore this area of uh, um, genital modification. I'm probably on the extreme side, but um, uh, but there are right. those who are further along and more extreme. Howard, can, really? I, can I share a couple other stories wow. that I think you might be interested in? Yeah, well, here, first let's have a, a Frank song while uh, we're we're in the middle. And then yeah, Wolfie, you'll tell to us calm more. Down. <laughs> All right. Cut his cock into pieces. It's cock and ball torture, mutilation. Frank screaming. He cuts himself till he sees his dick bleeding. That's Frank, good. Do you cool. scream or are you pretty I'm silent kind of while a, this is going on? I'm kind of a stoic person, but uh, I will say that when my when I was being beaten at that event with a rubber hose on my balls, I was I was screaming a bit and that, uh, that was oh, a lot more animated. <laughs> a, a couple other stories, Howard. Uh Frank had a friend that was obsessed with with 
taking out his own testicles, like cutting open the scrotum and taking them out. So Frank kind of got obsessed with this and he decided to do it to himself. So he took, he took some sort of cutting instrument, cut open his own sack and pulled out his balls so that he could put them on a dinner plate to take a picture. But unfortunately it was not as clean as what he thought it was. And we do have a photo of what that looks like if you would like to see an exposed testicle. What I'm looking at Frank's balls on a dinner plate. Yes. And apparently it's bloody. Mm. Let me take a vote on this one. Ronnie, you want to see this? Yeah, I'm in. You you do? I'm in. Oh. Chris, you want to see it? I'm in. I haven't eaten anything since 5 p.m. last night, so I'm hungry. <laughs> Robin, you want to see Frank's balls? I was balls a nurse, on a... Howard. I've seen all kinds of surgeries. Oh, my God. Do I want to see a dude's balls on a plate? That are that he just took out of, and then how'd you get your balls back in the sack? <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, I, they just go back in, and you stitch it back up. And Ooh, you did that yourself, no, and you have no anesthetic. Uh, it's helpful to put a little anesthetic on the scrotum when you're sewing it back up. I'll give that advice to you if you ever get into that position. It's uh, oh. Yeah, but you're not God. doing any nerve blocking. You can still feel this stuff. Oh my yeah. God in heaven. Frank, this is fucking crazy. I, like I don't you, know Frank. why you're smiling, Frank. <laughs> hey, Frank, what's this bunker you're in? I understand now they had to lock you away, right? Yeah, well, it's you know, I, 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 they don't let me out very often. I think uh, they'll let the ponies oh, out Frank, this afternoon, just... maybe. But um, no, it's it's just a room. It's a, an office. Are we really gonna Do look you... at this? Okay, I'll look. Here we go. Here's Frank's balls on a plate. I took them out and put them back in. I don't know if I want to look. There we go. I don't know how you guys are so cavalier. Put the picture up. Christ. What are you, what are you, building suspense? <laughs> What's going on here? Be ready. It's got I got my like hand this. up so I don't have to. I'm rock hard. Let me see. Oh! I'm not looking. There it is. There it is. I don't want to see that. I got to eat lunch. Frank's got a pretty big cock. I will. I mean, let's state the you got a fucking your pack. It's good for you, sir. The balls are <laughs> big too. Yes, I, now. Yeah, I would man. not want to lose those balls. <laughs> how did you not, then, hey, Frank? How did how did you not bleed to death when you do something like well, that? If you you watch out for the arteries, you you try not to sure. to cut the arteries. Vein it, vein. Doctor, oh, I mean, well, you know, you. you what veins. are you doing? Looking in a mirror while you do this? Uh, you know, you kind of hunch over and, and, uh, mirrors can help, but, uh, you know, usually you, you just kind of. Yeah, just put yourself in a position, huh? Howard, can I tell another story that's not in the notes that I, that I really like a lot? Oh, please do. <laughs> oh, you're just loving this. <laughs> this is insane. Frank, Frank, Frank this is one nuts. time was, ex- this is not no cock pun and ball. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> this, is, this is not cock and ball, but Frank was experimenting one time and he stuck. Nice. A five foot long metal chain up his ass, oh. and uh, and unfortunately something bad happened when you when you stick a metal chain up your ass, Frank. You you could explain what happened to you. Yeah, I didn't really predict this, and this was not my best uh, best day of uh, play. But uh, that somehow the the links pinched the inside of my um, my rectum, and oh. uh, which caused a lot of bleeding. I mean, that mm. was. Uh, that was uh so I, I i haven't put chain in my ass again although it was it was 
a really, it was a stunning, uh, look, you know, to have a, a large, uh, chain links hanging out of your, uh, your rectum. But, uh, but it's, it's not a good idea. I'll, I'll tell you, don't try it at home. Do you blow your load when you ass play involved? Yeah. Do you, do you blow your load when you do this stuff? Like, uh, but you don't have a load. Oh, yeah. There's still stuff comes out. It's most of the, most of what we ejaculate as, as men is, uh, made in the prostate. And, uh, so it's a lot of prostatic fluid and, uh, and so it just doesn't have any sperm in there. So there's still quite a bit of it. It looks very similar. It tastes a little sweeter though. It's not as, as. Oh, you tasted it. Oh yeah, well you know you've got to do a taste oh, test every now and then. Ah, nice. And Howard, I, th- I think I think Chris will like this next one because uh, he was in the medical field. Frank once stuck an apple in his ass, and the apple got stuck in his rectum, and he actually had to go to the hospital and mm. explain to the surgeon what he did so that they could figure out a way to to remove this lodged apple from from his rectum. Well, it, listen, it is fall festive to do that. Go a little <laughs> apple ass picking. <laughs> um, were you, Frank, were you embarrassed by that? Or were you just like, you know, when yeah, you had a tough... Yeah. I'll admit it took, you know... I. I but uh you know it was, it was time you know when when you have an apple in your ass and you you can't get it out you've got to get help with that so i i had to i had to just go in and and uh fortunately the 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 local hospital here is um they're very um very open uh to unusual things coming in the door and they see a lot so um uh, in fact i i i uh i remember the orderly person taking me to have a uh, an ultrasound or a, a he he was like impressed with with my bravery to put the put something that large in my rectum. But uh, did you go Macintosh Frank, or Granny Smith? Is that, that like a, a specialty hospital of that kind? Or something? <laughs> no, it's just a general hospital. It's just uh, yeah. Uh, it did, says you here. didn't go to the hospital you work at. <laughs> you did, you, did you go to a Trader Joe's? Where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. You guys got to hear this. This is what I'm reading. Frank has inserted. Metal rods, pens, pencils, pins, sewing needles, paper clips, and even a squash into his penis. You mean through your a penis squash. hole? What? You got a squash up there? It was how? a small one. Wow. How, yeah. how could that be? And the but pain, the you, how do you, the, the squash went all the way in your penis. Well, it was, it was small, but it's, uh, you know, I can take quite a bit of a, you know, now that it's partially small split and uh and i've been you know since a uh, young age i've been putting uh things in there so you you know that's what those rods are intended for is to stretch the urethra open so if you have a narrow urethra it's difficult to pee so they doctors will prescribe this treatment for uh patients to expand their urethras so they can um pee easier wow so i just I went a little you, overboard i have a question uh, go ahead ronnie I want to know the story when you were nine years old that caused all of this to happen. Well, when you was, when you got caught with this girl, what what? Oh, that was early. It was a little early, little earlier, I think. I I was just I was at at her house. We were in the bedroom in her uh, bedroom, and it's all a little blurry in my brain. But uh, but I was apparently exploring her genitals with uh, with an eraser. And, oh, hmm. and the parents were upset by that, which, you know, they were a little conservative. I'll admit that. But, uh, but, right. uh, 
so unfortunately that they they wanted an apology from me and my it's one of the things my my mother regrets um she brought it up periodically throughout my life she regrets bringing me over to apologize that was one real mistake she felt like she made because i was a bit horrified by the whole situation you know it was, it was I didn't realize I was doing anything wrong until, until this all unfolded and I had to go make this apology to the family. Wow. Oh. Interesting. So do you, does wow. your family know? Do, you know, does everybody in the family know that you do this? No, no, no. Nobody, nobody knows that, uh, well, well, what are you going to do now? <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving. I'm, I don't know. Are they going to give squash at Thanksgiving now? What are they going <laughs> to, it's coming up. You know, I may eyeball a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a butternut squash that's, uh, that's reserved for dinner, but I, you know, I won't, I'll, I'll just, you know, wait till I get home, maybe from the holidays sure. to. Wolfie, is this the craziest thing you've ever seen or, or been a part of? I mean, it's, it, it's fascinating because every time I talk to Frank, I get more and more stories. Like we, we were, we were talking about the, uh, the sounding, putting stuff, rods in your penis. He's played with guys where they will both stick one end of a metal rod in their penises at the same time. And then they slide their penises back and forth. With- <laughs> I felt that one in my asshole. Oh, I feel it in my balls. I, that, oh, I get this. Geez. Oh my God in heaven. Cause if a guy well, Frank- rams you, if a guy rams you too hard with that, like he could kill you. That, that thing could go right through you. But yeah, mm-hmm. Frank's done it all. So Frank, do you have, still have sex with your wife? I do, yeah. And, I mean, she has to, I mean, how does she take a, a split penis like that in? Well, it, it still stays together. I mean, if I go too much further, it may start to become complicated with two penises. I might have to tie them together or something. But but I, uh, I currently, uh, I'm able to have uh, regular intercourse. Uh, the head moves around a little bit. Two heads move around a little bit inside, but... Uh, but it's I, I can't have regular intercourse. It's not too. It's not so divided that. Uh, do you still get pleasure with your dick? With that thing? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, does, she, <laughs> does she blow? Does she blow that thing? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. She's. Uh, she's. Um, Which side? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> one, one side. One side at a time. <laughs> well, I got to say something. This might be the end of October because you can't top this. A guy no. who's washing his no. dick and balls on no a plate. Way. I think that's it. I think it's did the end of October. Oh, we did see that. Did did we see that? Yeah, we saw I it. We it already. from our mind. Well, yeah, I didn't forget it. <laughs> we, we have more pictures. Don't, say, don't say eraser around Frank. If you want more pictures, we have more. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to see them. Hey, Frank, why am I in therapy so much? I just realized I'm totally normal compared to you. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I'm here for, to, to make you feel better. Thank you. <laughs> and you know what's Jeez. funny about you? You're like one of those guys who's super calm. You know what I mean? You've got a real calm demeanor. It's yeah. like, you know, yeah, I, I, you're like... I cut my dick uh, in half. And well, you know, I shoved that, I shoved are better that. for the other side. He's yeah. like, honestly, I uh, I shoved a chain in my ass. Uh, yeah, you're like a, uh, and you're very articulate. You know, yeah, you're and you're yeah, you're a bright guy. Bright guy. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. And a super nice guy too, Howard. He, he's he's amazing. He's like the best guy. Just he's got an incredible stories. Yeah, and you kind of look like that old serial killer, the BTK killer. Remember him? Yeah. Right. You're the, you're the, good look. You're the BTC killer. Yeah. By the way, Chris Wiling said he would blow you, Frank, out of curiosity. I don't know. That's hardcore. I don't know if you're looking for that. Yeah. That sounds oh, well. like it's too not, pleasurable for Frank. 
Yeah, Chris, where are you? <laughs> Chris Wilding, I mean. Yeah. You get you the Chris right. Poor Chris. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would right blow Chris, yeah. I don't know if I would blow Frank specifically, but I would be interested in in blowing a cock that could come from like both different ends of it. Like it had wow. two heads that could come. I think that's fascinating. And I think he has a he does have a nice big cock, so why not? Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> well, big there balls. you go. Not yeah, I realized not when I said Chris wants to blow you, I didn't. No I, I didn't mean Chris, our comedian friend. I, yeah, you know. listen, <laughs> if you were if you, if you were a little bit more Indian looking, I'd be in. <laughs> I, yeah, definitely blow the, I, I definitely blow the other Chris. That's for goddamn sure. But that's another story. <laughs> All right, come and on there you over. Go. Why not? Well, 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 well. Jeez, well, I don't know wow. what to say. How, how do you wrap either, up a man. segment like this, Howard? Mm. It's hard to say goodbye to Frank. I'll tell you that. He's, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, wow. Wow. I don't know. I'm speechless for once. Frank, any final word? You don't recommend this to people at home, do you? I mean, uh, has it been good for your life or has it been uh, just a total wrecking ball? It's uh, no, it isn't. It hasn't been a wrecking ball. It, it, you know, I'll, I'll say that, uh, you know, it's not without its complications. You know, as I said, you know, s stepping up to a urinal at an airport, you gotta, you don't want to, you don't want to, um, pee on the person next to you. You know, that's, I think that's kind of rude, but, but I think in general, I mean, I, it's something that I, I've loved throughout long, you know, my whole life. And, uh, wow. so I, I, you know, I guess I try to balance things a little, but, um, are but, you happy? Um, are you a happy man? Oh, yeah. Oh, very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have and when children? You... No, I have a cat. I have a cat. Oh, good. Oh, I love okay. cats. Do you, uh, <laughs> oh, good, Robin. I, I, know, uh, do, 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 do you, when you cut your balls out of your own sack, was that a whole day affair? Was it a half hour? How long is that? Yeah, I'll take? admit that I wouldn't recommend that. To, it, it was, it was kind of what one of the things that happened was after I sewed it back up, there was some bleeding inside. So I had this giant, giant ball sack. Fortunately, I was at the time working a lot from home. So I, and it was, that was really something I wouldn't recommend. I'd, you know, get help with that, uh, from, from someone who knows, uh, that was early on in my, in my, in my efforts, but, uh, in his career. Is there is there an item is there an item Frank is there an item Frank that you wanna that you're like kind of working up to or that you want to stick in your penis or that you just haven't gotten around to yet is there like a holy grail is there one that you can yeah, watermelon um yeah what yeah I mean the, the the there's only so much before it would like you know burst apart I think uh, yeah watermelon might be a little little much I mean this the having a complete um uh, bifurcation would be probably probably the holy grail of um of maybe modifications i think you know but but i you know that 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 might uh limit my ability to have intercourse so i've been okay. kind of pacing myself you, you only have one penis to split in this world you know so you you want you how many time. inches are you by the way that's a pretty big cock you got there oh it's, it, uh, maybe close to but maybe close to seven i think nice um, Nice. And then, and, and then you can double that. That'd be 14 inches if you, uh, yeah. <laughs> hold on a second. Hey, everybody. It's, uh, Andrew Dice Clay. What's up, Dice? Oh. Hey, that's right. You know, I'm really impressed by this fucking guy, but I want to show how tough I am by getting my nuts wrecked. Like, give my balls a fucking black guy, honey, right? Work my scrotum like a speed bag. 
split my dick with a rusty garden rake. Ow! Well, Dice, you are hardcore. I didn't think you'd go for this kind of thing, honestly. I'm uh, telling you, I'm listening in. I got a zucchini from my aunt's garden. I want yeah. this guy to talk me through it. How do I shove this thing in my piss hole? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Dice, uh, you continue to outrage and shock the world. Uh, you haven't lost your edge, I'll tell you that. Shove a cherry tree in my ass pipe. Come on already. Oh, my. <laughs> Do you mostly play along with yourself, or are you only doing this stuff when you're with other people? Um, I it is a mix. I, I do uh, do play with myself, like a, a lot of the the careful modifications I've done. But I've I've um, I don't know. There was a story of um, I had a friend, and she um, she put a bunch of needles in my in my penis uh, through. Um, through the penis, so they're sticking out both sides, and uh, <laughs> and, um, and she. One of the more exciting things she did was she uh, she got on top, and 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 uh, we had intercourse. Oh, and uh, of course, when we you had the needles in your ass. dick, yes, <laughs> yes, yep. And oh, what happened shit. to her vagina? Did it get all cut I, up? Yeah, she got a bit cut up in the in the. Uh, but there's they weren't like you know it's not knives or anything, but. Uh, Am I yeah, am I was. stupid, Frank, to think about infection and things like that? I mean, when yeah, you're cutting oh, your balls, yeah, it's yeah, definitely, yeah. Again, at home, don't uh, don't oh. try that at home without worrying about infection because it's not a good uh, that was not a good idea. Kind of, I had some swelling and stuff, but it went away quickly. Yeah, but dude, <laughs> what <laughs> what, you, Ronnie? When you when he's banging his chick with needles in his dick, <laughs> I mean, how is there not infection in her <laughs> pussy, man? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't well, get it. <laughs> Ronnie, uh, this guy's way more hardcore. Oh, than well, you, he's right? way over the top from me. Come on. <laughs> wow. Wow. Anyway, you're going to. Uh, yeah, Senator Mitt Romney wants to just say a word. Go ahead. Yes, Senator. Oh, this, this whole time it was Frank you were talking to? Yeah. Hey, Frank. We go way back, actually. Uh, we met. At the uh, Woodrow Wilson truck stop back in 08, I drove my Hyundai Sonata over your nutsack. Oh, <laughs> wow. I, you seem like I, a straight laced guy. <laughs> I still remember yeah. the sound when his balls pop like bubble wrap. Good times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Senator. Senator Romney, who's retiring, by the way, from the United States Senate. Uh, fascinating. Wow. I wow. did have I did have a friend who wanted to drive her car over my penis, which I I I didn't didn't accept that offer. But uh, why? I think about why would you period. turn that down? <laughs> shocking! <laughs> you know, shocking! We're shocked. So Frank, I was Frank, I was young like, and, and naive then. Do you have like a group of people that you hang out with all the time and do this stuff with? Um, there is, I definitely have a, a group of, of people we talk about these things and, uh, and there was a, the, uh, there was a group in, in, uh, these events in Canada that I would go to that, um, they were extreme mo body modification, uh, gatherings and they would do procedures on people and, and, uh, that was the first time I had my, my, um, testicles taken out of the scrotum and have them, had them skewered by a bunch of friends. Wow. What the fuck are we talking about? You, you mean you've taken your testicles out more than a couple of times? Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was the first time and, and it was done really, you know, it's, it's easier to, I'll, I'll say it's easier to cut someone else's scrotum open than your own. It's, you get a better angle and you kind of 
and I better watching out for the the, mean, the veins and things. But uh, somebody else but yeah, cut your scrotum open, them. took your balls out, and then they fucked with your balls. <laughs> yeah, they a bunch of it was three different friends who uh, skewered them. Uh, uh, and they so, put them back in and Skew- sewed it back up. Yeah, yeah, they they didn't. Yeah, they they put them back in. Howard, we have a picture needles. of that. We have a picture. Wait a with second, Frank. I don't want to see any picture of that. Did you? Well, did you? <laughs> you do? But wait, wait, did you ever cut open on. somebody? Did you ever cut open your friend's balls? I I I, I did I did cut open a scrotum or two uh, in my my in my career. You like doing that? You know, I, I, if someone wants help with something like that, I've I've been trying to be generous, you know, with my time. Sure. The picture we have though, is is his testicles out of his scrotum with hypodermic needles put into it like a pin cushion. Are you writhing in pain when the balls? I mean, aren't you writhing in pain while this is all going on? Well, the, the testicles are interesting. All the nerves are sort of on the outside. There's a sheath on the outside of the uh, sort of a thicker um, skin on the outside of the testicles. So it, there's an initial kind of uh, feels like a kick in the balls. But then as it passes through the testicle, there's not a lot of nerves inside the testicle. And then when the needle comes back out the other side, you get another sort of kick to the testicles. Wow. Did you say it sounds like popcorn? There's a popping sound. Oh, yeah, yeah. It kind of goes crunching ah. through the... <laughs> What goes crunching? It crunching. The needle, as the, it passes the, through the skin, yeah. you can feel the kind of crunching sound. Oh, it it mm. pops. Oh, man. Yeah, this kind of pops. Yeah, this is by far freaking me out. The most thing ever on radio. I like that. <clears throat> Do we still have an audience? I mean, we... <laughs> no way. Let me see here. Here's a guy named Fat Bastard on the phone from Florida. Hey, Fat Bastard. What's up? Hey, hey, hey Howard, man. No hate now, nothing like that. Let me tell you hey, something. Now. Fuck this guy, Wolfie, man. This guy, Wolfie, brings the worst shit in radio history. <laughs> and I never heard no shit like this, man. Thank you. I'm, saying, I'm, I'm you sitting know. here waiting for it to end, dude, and it's like never going to fucking end. You might be the last guy listening. I don't think there's anybody left. I think we chased everyone away. <laughs> I, I, Poor Chris DiStefano. He got on the air, and now everyone left. <laughs> dude, I want to get through this. You know, I, I, I miss the news, man. I, I miss the... I miss, what is this shit, man? <laughs> this is the news. This is news, man. Yeah, this is big news. You, you, who knew this was going on? Well, well you know, know the one this, thing I was thinking about is, you know, when our fighting men go to fight for freedom, they're fighting for Frank's freedom, freedom to, for to mutilate exactly. his penis. Not for Frank Frank's told freedom. Me, Frank told me he used to he used to have people like just sew up his testicles like into his body so it, lo- it looked like they disappeared. I guess that oh, was yeah. one of the first steps in that in that process. Yeah, yeah. Frank's going like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frank, I, I don't know what to say. Maybe maybe we should end the segment. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your freaky fetish with us. I mean, uh, <sighs> you know, Chris, you think you've got a fetish because you like to jerk off to Indian women or something. But uh, this is a, this is a whole different story. No, whole I'm, different story. I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to take care of my balls tonight. Be nice to them. Cherish them. (laughs) Cherish your nuts. You know it's so weird. We when we decided we for October we want to do freaky fetish. We had a this is true. We had a guy lined up who eats his own shit, and and he backed out because he was like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but what, well, Frank's Frank, a man. Yeah, Frank's, Frank's a real man. guy. I mean, eat your own shit. Stick a fucking apple orchard up your ass and then talk to me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're damn right. How many I recommend days a honey was that crisp. apple in your ass before you How went many, to the uh, hospital? Cup, uh, probably two, two days. And it was a wow. honey crisp, I believe. Uh, okay. Okay. 
Wow. <laughs> nice. It's one of the better, well, one, of, one of the top quality apples. Yeah, I want to thank so. Frank for uh, sharing his freaky fetish with us. Frank, anything you want to plug or anything, or that's it? <laughs> Besides your asshole, Frank has to have a podcast yeah. for sure or something. Yeah. You want to give a shout out or something? I mean, uh, you tell me. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate I you know coming what in. To shout out in this, but I, th- thanks for having me on. I enjoyed sharing this with you, and and uh, I. I obviously don't mind freaking people out. It's sort of the, you know, whenever anyone sees my it. genitals, that's usually what happens. In fact, I got another song for you. Here you go. It's quite unusual to mutilate your dick. What's even worse, it turns you on your fucking sick. Why would you ruin your dick with all those fucking cuts? You split your cock in two and cut off both your nuts. Nice song. These songs are good. Uh, Cock and Ball Mutilation uh, has some of the best songs ever. I didn't know that. But, yeah, I didn't uh, know either. Yeah. Well, I had a ton of them. I, I, I got so freaked out, I forgot to play these songs. Listen to this one. There you go. Frank hates his cock. Well, thank you, Frank. I say thanks. And now we got to thank Chris, who did such a great job to, yes. you know, before we got into this cock and ball fetish, but uh, telling us about his world of comedy and his whole origin story. It was really, really great meeting you, Chris. Chris, uh, Chris, I'm going to say your name the right way. You ready? Yep. The Stefano. Bang. Yes. Yeah, I got it. Amazing. Stefano. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Chris Stefano, who, uh, man, selling out everywhere. Radio City Music Hall, the theater at the Madison Square Garden. I mean, pretty amazing stuff. But uh, the only thing I would have topped is a guy who cut off his own nuts. That, I, mean, I, I mean, you know, I started this interview, you know, talking about being a fraud. And, you know, full circle, Frank makes me feel like a fraud. That's an artist right there. Not what I do. <laughs> Not the bullshit Hardcore. I'm spewing this weekend in Raleigh, North Carolina. Cut your nuts you out and put them on the this? dinner table. How do you work this into your act? I mean, this is... Yeah. An, you know, well, this is like going to take a couple of weeks of processing and just kind of <laughs> sitting with it, <laughs> making, you know, touching my testicles, being one with the penis, thinking about that. I don't know that I just come right out and say, hey, here's what I think. But after after a couple of weeks, I'll I'll be able to somehow work uh, work this in. Um, it's somehow connected to chubby Indian women. I'll find a way. And you're going to be uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, Yep. you just said. Where else are you going to be so people can check you out? Got Raleigh, North Carolina this weekend. Then following weekend, we're in uh, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Columbus, Ohio. Then we're in Dania Beach, Florida. Then we're in San Diego, Los Angeles, chrisdcomedy.com for all the tickets. I'm in the middle of a tour, so hopefully coming to a city near you. All right. Real good, man. I got to check out some of this comedy going on, man. I'm out of it. I got to I got to get into Chris's material. Uh, hey, Chris, really, thank you for being here and uh, playing. And Robin and Ronnie. Wow. Thank you. What for a nice meeting. Sick nice meeting you, Chris. You too. Yeah, really ballsy and looking at those photos. <laughs> yes. Not ballsy, actually. Right. Some, yeah, right. Some crazy. Uh, by the way, Chris's uh, comedy is on Sirius XM's Raw Dog Comedy Channel 99. I should mention that as well. Uh, here at Sirius XM. 
Well, Ronnie, huh? Something else, yeah. huh? Yeah. Unbelievable. Wolfie Fucking finds crazy. it, man. I don't know where he found this one. <laughs> I think Wolfie goes to those conventions because I'm he's telling you, he's nuts. I told you Wolfie's a weirdo. I told you that a long time ago. <laughs> it, well, that's his job. He's got to find. I know. Stuff. He's but he's he's yeah. a good weirdo. You know, he's a weirdo. Good weirdo. <laughs> uh, starting Friday on Howard 101, the weekend of horror. The Weekend of Horror returns featuring the scariest moments from our show. And I think this one's right up there. Yeah, this is, this is qualifies. Definitely. And also, we're going to, uh, Richard Christie's interview with, uh, various horror icons, including Spanguli. Ooh. Spanguli. Mm. Yeah. The return of Spanguli. I wonder if I'm going to eat lunch or I'm going to skip it today. I don't know. That was fucked <sighs> up. That freaked me out. I want an apple. <laughs> Someone said Samantha almost threw up in our office. She uh she almost lost it. I got a little queasy yeah. when I saw that picture, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, the one with his exposed nut hurt. Yeah. That I one hurt. watched that. I yeah. didn't look. I'm glad I didn't look. Didn't you didn't look? No. Turn my head. Couldn't handle it. How close did you come? Sam was sweating profusely. How close did you come? To throwing up. Look, like, like she looks uh, like she's been through something. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Sorry, I, I don't, Howard, I don't have anything to add. I'm just very ill. I this know. experience. Yeah, it was bad. Ooh, I Me mean, too. I'm, I have sweat all over my back. My hands <laughs> Look how are, pale she is. I feel very, yeah. I mean, you know I'm you down go for anything. Down. I I listen to Fist Fest. I'm, I'm a writer, producer here. I'm down. I'm fucking ill. Yeah, I don't think I'm the only too. one. I mean, I'm. Uh, no, I am. This is, this was upsetting. Did you look at the balls? I didn't look. <sighs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> she can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I looked a little bit, but I'm just. I feel. I mean, I think I look pale, right? I feel. Yeah, oh, you're you pale. look like you're, you're pale, getting man. sick. You're pale yeah, as a ghost. <laughs> it just it 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 uh it 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 sent me over the edge. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody calm down. Sorry to be a It's tough to work on this show. This show should mm. include combat pay. <laughs> I started getting the thing where, you know, you get extra saliva in your mouth. It huh. starts filling up. Yeah. 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 So, you know. Spit it out. All right. Yeah. Hey, listen, Sam. Thank you. Chris, thanks again. Thank Good you. luck with the tour and everything else. And thanks for hanging with us. Thanks, guys. Pleasure to meet you. You too. Yeah. All right. And we'll. Uh... Thank you, Ron. Oh, should... You did a great job. Well, Thank Ronnie's you. A champ. Ronnie's a champ. Next Monday, uh, I love Seth Myers. He's coming in. I can't wait to talk to him. Right. This fucking guy's killing it. I watch his segment. Uh, I actually wrote him a note. He does a thing called A Closer Look. Seth Myers. I don't even know what his show is called. What is it? Late Late Show or Later Show or what? Late Night with Seth Myers? Is he took over the. What show did he, he take over? Well, it was Letterman, Letterman show. show. What? Le, what, yeah. the, what was it? Was late night? I guess it's late night with Seth Myers. I didn't even yeah. know the name of it, but I watch his. Uh, man, when he does this closer look, it's like every night he kills it. So uh, he's going to come in. He's got. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's specifically promoting. Maybe his television show, but uh, I'm always anxious to talk to him. We got. We, we were supposed to get to so much stuff today. We didn't get to because we got hung up on. Uh, this freaky, Are you uh, freaky fetish. 
Yeah. I mean, Where do you go from Frank? <laughs> that was fucked up. That's one of those segments that we might have wiped out the whole audience with that. I think so. Yeah. I think so, too. I, you put that up on On Demand. Nobody's going to go there. No. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's going nobody's gonna to live. It seemed like a fun idea for October. And then, <laughs> I don't know. It was hardcore. Yeah, that's one I got to think about. All right. Well, okay. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.